Hello, it is Overreaction Monday, February 8th, 2021. Last one of the season, huh? Wow. Last one of the season. We had a hell of a run. We appreciate you all for enjoying the ride of an NFL season alongside of us. We appreciate you telling your friends about this show. We appreciate you, uh, if you hated the show, for not saying the show was bad. We appreciate the hell out of you for this NFL season. We really do, and I think we left it all out there on the field today. I do feel like today we did leave it all out there. Maybe not every day. This season, did we leave it? Most days, though, it was all left in these microphones. Mm-hmm. It really was. This show does stink, but we appreciate you for listening. And today, I think you're going to enjoy it. And then as we ramp up, let's have a hell of an offseason. Hey, we're going to have a hell of an offseason, but we need to enjoy what we just seen yesterday. To do so, let's get to some good conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, the 43-year-old farm animal, the goat, Wins in thrilling fashion in Super Bowl 55. And when I say thrilling fashion, I mean dominant from beginning to end of that entire damn game. They were in control when nobody thought it was going to happen. They won by three scores. Everybody was predicting that that could potentially happen on the opposite way. Everybody was thinking that the Chiefs could blow the Buccaneers out of the goddamn water. But instead, an old wily veteran team down there in Tampa... Mostly recruited by Tom Brady, even though general manager Jason Light and Bruce Arians did a fantastic job of assembling that squad. A lot of people went there strictly because Tom Brady was there. And all of a sudden, one year later, after having the most interceptions in the NFL with Jameis Winston and not making the playoffs for a long time, they are now Super Bowl champions. The team that had Antonio Brown join them with... Out a home before that. The team that had a Rob Gronkowski who was retired doing whatever he wanted, wherever he wanted, by the mm-hmm. way. He was a white tiger at one point, oh, singing yeah. and dancing mm-hmm. on The Masked Singer. He had a job on Fox for however many days he wanted to be on Fox. He was telling stories about how, hey, if you trade me to the Lions, I'll retire. <laughs> was, his agent said that he's going to have a lucrative acting career if he wanted it. Everybody assumed that. Tom Brady leaves New England, and as soon as he gets out of there, Gronk's like, basically, I was like, hey, you ready? Let's go do this thing. Now, the T-Mobile commercial that they posted on their Instagram is probably the best commercial of the entire Super Bowl run there. Michelob Ultra had a little bit of a run there. There was a couple others, but the fact that Gronk came out of retirement to join him down there. Leonard Fournette, he gets cut by the Jacksonville Jaguars. He goes down there. Ryan Suckup was not on the team last year. They had to bring in another kicker. He joins the team. Everybody that scored last night was not on Tampa Bay Buccaneers one year ago, and they somehow, in the middle of this COVID season where you couldn't even eat lunch at the same table, figured out how to bring everybody together, both the, the roster that was there from previous Tom Brady BT before Tom, mm-hmm. and then the roster that became what it was, P Tom, whenever he shows up, they were able to come together. Congrats, all the coaches down there. Congrats, all the players down there. And that defense somehow, some way, figured out how to never let the Kansas City Chiefs turn it on. Didn't score a single fucking touchdown in the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, Miko Hardman, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Damian Williams, I think. Everybody that they have on their team, not able to score a touchdown. Now there's a couple drops, obviously. Patrick Mahomes made a play where he was flat. (laughs) 
laying completely flat, sidearm toss, hits a guy in the face, gets dropped. They could have scored a touchdown there, obviously. There's a couple of touchdowns that they could have had that would have helped out with the over and everything like that. But Todd Bowles and that defensive line made Patrick Mahomes run for his fucking life yesterday. Something that we've never seen before. Now, Earlier in the game, the Chiefs had Patrick Mahomes on the move. They understood that their offensive line might have been a problem because one potential tackle was not there the entire season because he's in Canada fighting COVID. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shout out Dr. Laurent uh, Duvernay Tardif. Bingo. <laughs> Pronunciation may be wrong, but close enough. Shout out to him. Then they get a couple other injuries. The Achilles goes on the other tackle, and then the Kansas City Chiefs looked at Jason Pierre-Paul, who's never lost a playoff game. Whoa. Unbelievable. Somebody tweeted, and it was fucked up, and I should say their name. I don't remember what it was. It said, he's lost more fingers from fireworks than he has playoff games. Huh. <laughs> Something to think about. Somebody said that. It's true. <laughs> Which, by the way, shout out to him because he made me stop holding fireworks and potentially losing my Vita Vea. They had him at defensive end for a couple of reps yesterday, getting pressure in Dominican Sue never won a Super Bowl. been around a long time, been close, never won it. He was dominant yesterday. Shaquille Barrett, who had one of the best grills I've seen in some time in his post game interview. He said there was no way they were going to let this team uh, beat them. He said he was going to feast or whatever. Basically they knew that going in there. Then Leonard Fournette says that Tom Brady was sending a text to everybody all week. Hey, we will. He'll win. It felt like that team was on a different level than the Kansas City Chiefs yesterday. And you would never, ever would have said that going in because the Kansas City Chiefs is the Kansas City Chiefs. Just like the Cleveland Browns allegedly was the Cleveland Browns until they beat the Steelers and they were no longer the Browns. The Kansas City Chiefs is no longer the Kansas City Chiefs as of today. Oh, no. And although it's overreaction Monday, I mean, people are saying... What if Patrick Mahomes never makes it to the Super Bowl? Wow. Oh, whoa. Now, Tony Romo said he's going to have to win eight. He's going to have to win eight. Tony. 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 But there's a lot of pressure on Patrick Mahomes, and everything was seeming to be like, hey, he's got another Super Bowl. He he goes ahead and slays the previous goat. Baton has been tossed. It feels like Tom Brady, who in his acceptance speech last night while winning the MVP yet again, said – to his team, we, we knew this was going to happen, right? Uh, we'll be back, he said. <laughs> Two lines he said during that interview that was incredible. That could be a problem for everybody. There's going to be a lot more ring chasers going down to Tampa now. No state tax. Great weather. The team's already won a Super Bowl. They'll be able to do it again. Look for people to take pay cuts to either stay there or go there. Some of the younger guys on the team will go elsewhere because they'll have to go get paid, I'd assume. But do not worry about that because other Players in similar positions that are older, more experienced, will be trying to get to Tampa. Just like people will be trying to get to Kansas City and hopefully do that. But let's not let's not get crazy here. I mean, it's overreaction Monday, so I guess we should a little bit. The Patriots got 15 players coming back. Yeah. They got like 15 players coming here back. We go. The Steelers, they got their thing going on. The Colts, they potentially get mm -hmm. a quarterback. They're going to be a good team. The Ravens, Lamar Jackson, Josh mm -hmm. Allen, and the Bills. Mm -hmm. I mean, the AFC has a lot of teams. And if this is a blueprint, by the way, on how you beat them in a big game, what happens to the Chiefs moving forward? Ooh. What is their legacy going to be? And right now, that's not for us to discuss. Right now, for us to talk about is Tom fucking Brady and that Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. In about 15 minutes, Clyde Christensen will be joining yeah. us. Now, Clyde, quarterback coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he was on with us before the Super Bowl. 
He'll be talking to us about the experience of being down there. Tom Brady has never lost a Super Bowl with Clyde Christensen as his quarterback mm. coach. People need to talk about that. Cannot wait to chat with him. Also be talking to Chris Carter today. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Chris Carter was done at the Super Bowl. Yeah, I assume he was in that Hall of Fame suite that Peyton was in after he got done chatting with us or whatever. And also AQ Shipley, Super Bowl champion from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. time, Tam. Congrats, AQ. Congrats, AQ. We all said whenever AQ signed Donner, thought that was potentially the big move that was going to take him over to Hump. Oh, yeah. He ends the season as a coach. He wins the Super Bowl. I FaceTime with him this morning. He is still fucked up from last <laughs> This guy's still drunk whenever he joins us in a couple hours. They had quite a celebration last night, as they should, I would assume. What's going on at Tone Diggs is here. Do you think AQ is probably maybe the only, if not one of a handful, player coaches ever to win a Super Bowl? Mm. Well, Jackie Moon won the Mega Bowl, mm -hmm. yep. true, right, as player coach mm -hmm. GM. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But you're right. As a player coach, I'm not sure. you got to go back deep. I would assume Blanda was potentially a player coach <laughs> at one point. I'd assume there has been uh, have been others, but player coach A.Q. Shipley, undefeated in Super yeah. Bowls, put that in the book maybe. Mm. I wonder what he was doing yesterday. Did he have the, the earpiece in? Was he uh, saying, hey, we should run Leonard Fournette. I think we're doing really well. <laughs> the run game. Uh -huh. And I think that's the story of this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team towards the back half of the season there whenever they started to figure it out. you got to remember, they were 7-5 and five at the beginning of the season. Almost 7-6. and six. They, If they lose that game, everybody's talking about, oh, might not even make the playoffs here in the NFC. Then they start to go ahead and the offense starts changing a little bit. Defense starts playing well again. That second half of that Falcons game, week 15, week 14? Week 15. Week 15, whenever that, or week 14, one or the other, that second half, whenever he threw like 300 yards and three touchdowns to come back and win, it felt like that was really like, the, okay, here's the time where we start doing what we're doing. When we talked to Clyde just a week ago, he said that he wished they had eight more weeks. They think they have a lot more room to grow. Tom Brady said that before the Super Bowl. He was saying that after. After the Super Bowl, he's like, he still think this team could really become something. They're going to be good for a long time. But that run game getting good. And playoff Lenny, I mean, running people over. He said after the game that Tom Brady was talking to him about yards after uh, contact and how they're not great at tackling. Yeah. Leonard Fournette, first time he got the ball, ran a guy over and then kept running. Did that numerous times, and then he had like a 20-yard scamper into the end zone where he's pulling away from people, which cashed in a $25,000 parlay that I hit. Shout out Woo! Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, Leonard Fournette. Yeah. Hey, heads, heads definitely kicked me right in the sack. Mm -hmm. and, I, and we could talk about the absolutely abysmal performance by Tails refusing to show up in yeah. a big moment. Disgusting. Okay, yeah? Tails refused to show up yesterday. Mm -hmm. Travis Kelsey goes out there, calls heads, by the way. Maybe if we ever get a chance to chat with Travis Kelsey again, we talk about him potentially, you know, mm -hmm. kind of flipping that a little bit right. his way. On, he wins that thing. Tails doesn't even show up. I lose $30,000 oh. before the game has even started. Yeah. Then... No touchback. We start climbing. Oh, yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. there's a couple thousand dollar hit because we got that at plus two thirty. Mm -hmm. So now, although we are down like twenty seven thousand, <laughs> we're still there. There is a there's a means for celebration because the tide's turning a little bit. And then once I see Rob Gronkowski score that first touchdown, oh. and then once I see him become a target, and then I see what on the one yard line he runs a play action and throws a absolute seed to Antonio Brown. I'm like Leonard Fournette's definitely going to score at some point. Yep. Seems like Gronk is a rather large part of this game plan. This fucking twenty five thousand dollar parlay is going to hit, and this is going to be ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I thought this would hit, and the Chiefs would still win. Sure. Turns out this hit, 
and nothing hit on the Chiefs yeah, side. Nah. A lot of people lost a lot of money over there betting on the Chiefs. I ended up being down like 2000 bucks overall. Not too shabby. The blue Gatorade, nobody could have predicted the blue no, Gatorade. No. That came out of absolutely no. nowhere. Uh, but, I mean, a lot of money was lost last night. But I got back in there with the stroke of God that was, as it was so properly named by Matt over there. The tabloid parlay. All the big name guys that were brought in basically mm -hmm. for this season showed up in the biggest game. And by the way, marquee names are marquee names because they make marquee plays in marquee games. Whoa. Exactly. Well said. Dr. Seuss. Almost delivered that completely cleanly. <laughs> Almost had one bobble there. You know what I mean? Almost delivered it cleanly. But that's real. Whenever people are like, oh, I don't want to go after the big names. They're expensive or whatever. It's like, well, there's a reason. Both mm -hmm. of those things. There's a reason. I understand what your philosophy is. But in those biggest moments, I thought Tom would go to what he knows. And what does he know? Well, he's got a Clydesdale that has the nimbility of a ninja with two toilet seats, his hands running around. Mm -hmm. That's Robert Gronkowski. Him and Antonio Brown, what? They do extra work and practice every single uh, period, every single day, they say. Assume that in the Super Bowl, in a big moment, he's going to go there. Leonard Fournette just felt like he was playing great football, yep. and he was running his ass for another contract, by yeah. the way, which not a lot of running backs get. I mean, that felt like it was easy. Still thought the Chiefs were going to come back and win that thing. Yeah. At Boston Connor, diehard Patriots fan. You see Tom Brady do what he did for you guys for so long in another city immediately upon landing there. So a lot of Patriots fans taking credit for the win. Like, yeah, felt like you guys were celebrating a little bit. Credit. Uh, I don't Not know. Not credit. That. I'm sorry. But like, like, hey, we won. We, too. It all yeah, we yeah. won. <laughs> hey. I mean, we kind of kicked them out. Mm -hmm. uh, Tommy Foxborough, fucking Foxborough. Yeah. Uh, but, but you guys felt. You guys felt a little bit of, hey, that's one of our guys down there. Uh, you know, it was bittersweet, if you will, because you want Tom to do well. I never wanted him to actually win the bowl. Don't get me wrong, because <laughs> we're never going to see him in a Pats uniform again. My biggest fear. But I, I did want Tom to get seven, you know, at least be happy for the guy. But, hell, you said it. The Patriots got 15 guys coming back next year. Unfortunately, none of them play quarterback, so we're still fucked. <laughs> yeah, well, you guys could still get Carson Wentz, even though yeah. that conversation's oh. a literally. By, by the way, was going to go with New Year's things because uh, my no. ear holes got blown out last yeah. week already it's like i'm speaking in a stadium the delay oh. welcome 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 yep. two 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 <laughs> can't do it but Man. uh carson wentz potentially goes up to the patriots that turns everything around for you guys yeah. keep them up there or in chicago that'll be great but oh. whenever you think about that that tampa bay buccaneer team you see so much potential mm -hmm. right yeah. if they're gonna play like that and i and i thought about this last night while i was laying down Tom Brady, nobody says is the most talented quarterback. Everybody knows that's Aaron Rodgers, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback of all time. And then the old thing, well, he's the best winner of all time or whatever. It's just over the years, watching that Super Bowl last night, you just have this thought like, oh, yeah, this is just a tradition. We watch, we watch old Tommy play uh, mm -hmm. football in the Super Bowl to find out who's the best. Like, it's just – I feel like we're just taking that for granted at this point whenever you're just like, oh, yeah, Tom Brady's in the Super Bowl. The hundreds of millions of people watch that game every single year, okay? 46 million people watched uh, the NFC Championship. 47 million people watched – massive, mm -hmm. okay? That is absolutely massive. The entire world watches the Super Bowl – and the only person that seems to be a constant at this point now is Tom fucking Brady. And that last night I was laying in bed and I was like, there will never be another person like this. No. Ever. Ever. 
the pressure they're putting on Patrick Mahomes to try to go get that, I hope he does. It'll be awesome for our sport. It'll be awesome for our league if we have somebody that can do what Tom Brady has done. But just becoming a tradition of watching this fucking guy win the biggest game in the biggest league every single year, it's insane. And I know he's lost Super Bowls, but he's there. His face is zoomed in with 200 million people watching, 170 people, whatever the case is. He is the league at this point. And I think it's never going to be able to be done again. But I assume... People said that, you know, after Hulk Hogan, and then oh, people yeah. said that after the Rock and Stone Cold, then Cena came along, and yep. then people said after Cena, you know, and it, and who knows what's what's going to happen with said situation there. But if Patrick Mahomes can do what Tom Brady does, obviously incredibly impressive, but it's going to take him what. 20 years of playing football if he wants mm-hmm. to do this and that's i mean that is massive there's no way we'll have another tom ever i don't think no. and this could be uh, i guess a cold take that could come out in uh, like 2040 or something if yeah. that happens but anybody that's expecting patrick mahomes to do i don't think patrick mahomes is like okay i gotta win eight fucking super bowls i gotta <laughs> get to 20 of them in 10 or i gotta i gotta get to 10 of them in 20 years or whatever every other year it's just that's gonna be a tall tall task especially you know, if he's going to run in defensive lines and try to beat the fuck out of him yeah, like they yeah. did last night or whatever. No, I mean, before Tom came around, if you won four Super Bowls, you were the greatest of all time as far as winning Super Bowls. Now Tom's here, and then Romo's saying you have to win eight, which is double what normally has to happen. I mean, there's not a chance. There's no, not ever going to be someone as successful as Tom Brady. Ever. In any sport. That's right. I'm joking. I'm joking. Did Brady finally Serena, pass Jordan? I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Serena, though, what she won every no. tournament. I think for 15 no. years okay. straight. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not a big tennis guy, obviously, but I do remember being for like a solid decade or so where it was like, oh, Serena won another mm-hmm. one. Yeah, uh-huh. and then Tiger obviously had that mm-hmm. run of dominance. Federer, Federer, Nadal, Federer, yeah, Nadal, that type of thing. But the team sport Correct. aspect of it. The biggest league, you know what I mean? The parody that's supposed to happen because of the way the league is run with drafts and salary caps and everything like that. It's unbelievable. Ryan Clark called him the, uh, his own organization this morning. Yeah. Like he's his own. The organization of Tom Brady has TV done this. 12. Now, it's only one year out of New England, obviously. Yeah. But him already having success and seeming to have that team ready to go for until he wants to retire, is unbelievable. Ty Schmidt is here as well. Aaron Rodgers wins MVP this weekend. We will talk about that mm-hmm. because, you know, it was an awesome run with him this year. It really was. And and who would have thought that the uh, NFC Championship was actually the Super Bowl? No. I mean, mm. you know, it pretty much was. No one will, no one will say that, but... I tell you what, I don't know if the Packers would have would have laid an egg like that against the puck, the Bucks if given the opportunity in the Super Bowl. Just well, something to think about. NFC know? Championship was a hell of a game last oh, yeah. night. Not so much. Zito is here. We'll talk to him about the poll. But joining us now, fresh off of his second Super Bowl dub, ladies and gentlemen, quarterback coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, friend of the show, Clyde Christensen. Yeah! Oh! I don't know if fresh is the right word, but uh, here. How's that? <laughs> How was oh, last crap. night? What an unbelievable time, Clyde. What an unbelievable oh. time last night. I would assume, much like every coach and every team and every game, you were very confident going in there. But as that night was unfolding, what was the thoughts going through your head? A guy who's been to three Super Bowls now, won two, and been around football forever at this point. Oh, it was special. It's a good, it's a good day to be in Tampa Bay, I'll tell you that. It was a heck of a night, and... Uh, I knew something was something was in the air. Every once in a while, Tom gets that look, and uh, sometimes I have a look, and my 
three-year-old grandson said, I, you're scaring me. And uh, sometimes Tom gets that look and he scares me and I just get out of the way. And he had that look last night. So that that was one of those nights where you, you just, there was a, a resolve in his eyes that was unbelievable. That was that really, really scares me. I, I, get, I get away from him. Well, okay, so let's talk about that. And I hear the grandkids in the back, by the way. I hope everybody is celebrating. Hey, Grandpa did it. I hope they're celebrating there. Even though you look like you could be a father to a very young child at this point because of the incredible moisturizing I think you've done throughout your... Let's talk about what was happening. They didn't talk about it on the show. Tom Brady goes to the sideline. He's yelling at the sideline. No, something like that. Was that a call, a play call? A, a, what, was that? what was he yelling about? We didn't get much talk about that on the broadcast last night or afterwards. Yeah, I don't know exactly. He, you know, he just... He just he wants everyone on edge, and he, you know, he thinks if there's one little lapse, you know, and and just we blew a couple opportunities in that thing early. And he wanted to make sure that didn't keep happening, and you know, he's he's been in enough of them. He knows how they go, and he just he just kind of has a feel for how they'll go. And uh, if he feels like, hey, we missed on that goal, they had a goal line stand, and had give him, you know, give him a give away some points right there, and so he'll 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 get after some folks, and just in a positive way, but but. Uh, you know, he, he, he knows how these games go, and he knows they can slip away fast. How On the offensive side, I had a uh, parlay that hit. Um, <laughs> Gronkowski, touchdown. Antonio Brown, touchdown. Leonard Fournette, touchdown. Gronk over receiving yards. Okay, so that hit for $25,000, Coach. I mean, you had a great <laughs> night last night. You had a great night last night, obviously. I hit for twenty five grand there after losing thirty thousand on a coin toss. But whenever you, whenever you see, this is your first year, I think, around Gronk and around Antonio and Leonard Fournette and the guys that kind of got added to this Buccaneer squad because you were there last year with BA and Jameis and everybody. What was it like, kind of watching this team form with the new guys coming in out of retirement? Some guys out of a lot of question. Leonard Fournette just got. What was it like, kind of watching that whole offense come together in this crazy COVID protocol time? It was, it was really cool, and it was cool to watch Tom work, you know, because that's where it all falls. Right? All of a sudden, you put new pieces in the huddle, and that can make some quarterbacks get all jittery and uncomfortable and out of their comfort zone. This guy this guy pulls them in and takes them under his arm. They live at his house. They eat at his house. He's in their ear, and he just does a masterful job. And I told you before on the show, you know, Gronk is like his little brother. I mean, they are unbelievable together. But how he took A.B. and Fournette and some of those other guys and just said, you know, hey, you're part of this team. You're you're a key part of this team. You're, there's going to be a point where you're going to have to win some of these games. And Fournette came up big in the playoffs. And A.B. played big in the playoffs and had another one last night. And, uh, you know, that's what he does a great job of where, you know, the average quarterback kind of, hey, don't change anything right now. He's, hey, get another piece in here. Get another piece in here. This guy, you know, I'll find a way that we'll get some production out of this guy. And uh, so I was laughing this morning. We're talking about A.B. And A.B. on his touchdown catch was supposed to go down and in and then pop back out. He goes out and pops back in. And, you know, I'm kind of going through the heads. Well, did he run the right route? Did he just do opposite of what he was supposed to do? And we hit it for a touchdown, and and uh, and that that was the case. And that and that's where Brady <laughs> doesn't get thrown for a loop. He just hits the guy. Hey, you get open, I'll hit you. And uh, that's where he's pretty darn unique. A lot of quarterbacks are. Hey, he's supposed to do this A to B to C. This guy, hey, you know, A B goes C to F back to <laughs> and he just hits him for a touchdown and. Uh, 
it was unbelievable. I'll give you one funny story from our last quarterback meeting and unofficial, don't get it, but we walk in and he and, and talking about your betting, but Brady was talking about it. He goes, hey, I got an idea. There's a half yard over under for me rushing for a half a yard in the Super Bowl. Here's what I'm saying. We all put in $1 million and in the first time they're in two, three techniques, I'm going to gain six. And we're going to fund our off season. And, uh, and so we were all, I go, you can't, can't. He goes, I promise you, if we have a million on it, I will not get sacked. We will not lose the yards. <laughs> We didn't do it, FYI, for the record, their uh, IRS and the uh, <laughs> It was just a joke. Just a joke, but uh, he was funny because he knew someone had told him, hey, there's a there's an over-under for you rushing for a half a yard in the Super Bowl. So hey. the quarterbacks all talked about, hey, we may all throw some money in there and uh, and see if we could uh, pay That's for a hysterical. nice Clyde, vacation or something. Clyde, there was like thousands of bets last night. I'm sure we could have bet somewhere on how you would be wearing your mask if like deep yeah. enough. Yeah. If you look deep enough, there was betting on everything because, you know, last game of the season and for you, it's always tough whenever you have the last game of the year, you know, especially, obviously, for a guy who's been in the game this long, you have a lot of feelings for your players and care for each other and, you know, season ends you don't know what the team's going to look like next year. You have no idea who's going to be back. You have no clue. Tom during his speech last night, said, we'll be back, I think is what he said. We will be back or whatever. And then he told the group, he was like, we all knew this was going to happen, right? We all knew this was going to happen, that type of thing. What are your thoughts going forward? It seems like you guys are only going to get better. I think so. And, uh, you know, we, we still, we're, we're okay cap-wise and stuff. We got some neat pieces. I think Tom holds it together a little bit because guys want to play with him. And you, you don't know how many years he's got, he's going to keep going and, man, you get a chance to play with him, and we get a lot of – that's what, you know, all of a sudden he comes and we get Gronk and, you know, A.B. and some of these – Fournette and, you know, pe- people want to play with those guys. And it was the same effect in with Peyton in, uh, in Indy. You know, they want to play with a legendary and not to mention a guy who can get him the ball if you're a skilled guy and give him a chance to, to put up some numbers. So I think we'll hold this thing together. It'll never be the same that the way this thing's set up. And I think that's one of the sad parts that, you know – that is the last game for that team as that team. You know, I mean, there's going to be changes. There has to be. And, man, you know, for, I, I, you know, when you get as old as me, it's not, you know, it's way not about me. It's just to watch those guys, to watch Fournette have, come out and have a great Super Bowl. That, that was great to hug A.B. and just see him, you know, that there's a guy who maybe things weren't going quite the way he had drawn them up. And, you know, now to come in and just have those touchdown catches down the stretch and, you know, just have fun playing football. That, that that's special stuff, and you've been there. That, that that that's that's really that's a that's a special couple hours, you know, couple hours after that game when you just are hugging and man, oh man, it's it's cool, really cool. You had a long night last night, Claude. Were you housing some diet cokes last night? Yeah, no, yeah, we 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 we, we went hard. I'm, I'm I've come out a little bit since you knew me. You know, there's you know, oh. but uh, you, you never know. It's turned into a pool party this morning, so we went. Straight from downtown to a pool party with the grandkids. So versatile. I'm versatile at uh, <laughs> the range. The range that you have. Um, Leonard Fournette talked about. You know, Tom texted him all. Texted the team all week. We will win or something like that. Uh, not 100 percent sure if that's accurate or not. You can clear that up. But also, uh, somebody last night. I forget who it was. Said I think it was Shaquille Barrett. Said. Tom spoke to the team before the game. Was that at the hotel? Was that a, what was that whole thing? And has this been like a 
a very interesting thing to watch with Tom, like watch him operate and see like why Tom is Tom here. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I don't think he even ever had a doubt. I think I shared last time, like we played so bad in that opening game and he gets on the bus, he goes, hey, I know exactly what we got to do. And like he just has that assurance. PA has that same swag that, you know, I don't think there was ever a doubt that we weren't going to make the Super Bowl and win the thing. And, uh, you know. I was I was sitting there going, geez, I don't know if we'll be 500 if we don't get playing better. And uh, but those those guys, he just he just sees it and and just has a great feel for it. And and uh, so he he gave a heck of a talk before the game to the team and just talked about you know what the you get to this point and to win this thing and you know this team will always be this team that won a Super Bowl together. And you and I share that you know like like just when you do things special together, it's, it's for life. And uh, that's what's great about our sport. That's why. You know, I think that's what's kept me in coaching for 43 years, man, to, to, you know, I don't know where you get that. I don't know. I don't know that uh, a state farm agent has that same feeling for his fellow workers and, you know, that you just, you just, you know, not to knock state farm agents. I love my state farm agents. I love, I love state farm agents. I'm just saying there's nothing like that locker room and there's nothing like a bunch of men in total joy and just achieve something together. It's, 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 I don't know where else you find it. I, I couldn't find it anywhere else and. That's why I've done what I've done for, for all these years and get such a kick out of seeing guys be successful and have fun and uh, and uh, really really enjoy. You would sell so much insurance though, uh-huh. dude. Oh man, <laughs> you'd be racking up money forever in that insurance game if you uh, you know what I mean. I know coaching's great. Hey, coaching's great, but you would have been <laughs> well, great. Well, starting next week, I'll be fighting for my life again for the next year. So, uh, you know, I may be selling life insurance. <laughs> for a coach, that's always a reality. So, you know, the more relationships your staff, I may, I'll be in the studio there trying to sell, sell a couple term policies. <laughs> but right now, I'm right now I'm going to enjoy this one for at least a week or two. Though. Yeah, you should. Uh, you deserve it. The the Tom talking to the team before the game is that. Does B, does he tell BA that? Does BA get a feel for that? Was that like how does that is it organically happen? And does he just stand up and just start talking? Like how does it work? Here's the genius of BA. It organically happens, but BA lets people be themselves. Like stuff that drives the average coach crazy, he's good with. It's just who they are. You know, they all have such different personalities. I think Andy Reid has that same quality that he lets those guys be who they are. And if if Tom, you know, he trusts Tom. To the max, you know, and, and so if Tom says, "Hey, okay, coach, good. Hey, everyone else up in here, I need to, you know, let me talk to the team for a second. And uh, coach is all kind of rolled out of there, and I kind of hit in the corner to hear what he was saying. And uh, <laughs> but, but he, yeah. So so BA is great with that. That's where he's. That's where he really is a genius, and he doesn't get rattled by the little things that maybe some coaches would, including me, and throw them all off track and get us out of our lane. You know, he's he's phenomenal that way. Well, as soon as he got the trophy, uh, he said, it's for all the coaches and players. I didn't do a damn thing. <laughs> it, was a, it was a hell of a speech and why B.A. is B.A. Go ahead, Ty. Coach, I'm assuming with uh, Tom, it, it, he makes it kind of impossible for it to happen. But how do you keep like the team in the third quarter when you guys the game is basically over? How do you make sure these guys keep their foot on the gas and don't let a team like the Chiefs crawl back into it? Yeah. Who's wearing a Patriots shirt? Yeah, that's right here. Yeah, that's right here. He loves Tom, though. Yeah. They, uh, yo, you know what? That's what you don't have to worry about that with Tom Brady. When you have great leadership, you don't have to worry about the third quarter because he's not going to let that. He's not letting him take the foot off the gas. And uh, the guy who also is just like that is BA. And B, 
BA's the guy at halftime. That that halftime drive, like, you know, I'm old school, you know, coached by the numbers, BA's, and hey, let's go try and score here. You know, we got 14 seconds, you know, like, and I'm going, hey, let's just sit on this thing. We got a lead. Let's go. (laughs) You know, these last two games, you've seen two really genius drives by BA where the average guy just sits on the thing, runs the clock out, and goes in for halftime with a lead. You know, we get the touchdown at, at Green Bay. We get we go on a heck of a long drive right there. It was unbelievable. And I think, you know, that's where B.A. just keeps his foot on the pedal. And, you know, sometimes I'm trying to yank his foot off of the pedal. You know, hey, let's try to pop it in. You know, hey, let's take a shot. Of, you know, let's run it and just run some more clock. And I think the other thing, you know, that Mahomes is so good that I don't think at any point all the way till the very end do you – Literally, you're just scared to death that this guy could score three touchdowns so quick, yank a Super Bowl trophy, you know, right out of your hands. And uh, so I think the opponent kept us kept us going. And, and this has kind of been that team, just an aggressive, aggressive, just keep playing team. Like we, we don't, you know, we only have one speed. We just go, you know, we just go. And we, we you know, I think that's been kind of B.A.'s mantra and signature and and this team's kind of been that i think brady's kind of adopted it you know brady's been more of a you know hey by the numbers let's hit our checkdowns let's play football exactly the proper way and all of a sudden now you know we're we're on two minute drives when maybe you should be sitting out you know and and uh so i i think it's really i think he's been fun if we had a good moment on the bench i said you know at that halftime when i go i go uh, you know no one's going to accuse us of being uptight or not aggressive. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, that isn't happening. And uh, this is a loosey-goosey bunch, and we go hard and uh, play hard, and I think that's a direct reflection of B.A. Well, when Tom showed up wearing white pants and incredible tan jacket, I mean, it was just like, all right, here we go. This guy is a walking rock star. And I think one of the weird things, to your point about you guys being scared to death, there was like three minutes and something left in the game, and they were shooting Tom on the sideline, and he was game. And then somebody said something. I think it was Byron Leftwich, and he started to smile. And it was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, is Tom enjoying this right now? Because normally Tom would be yelling about the kneel down. Like, hey, let's go. We're doing this whole thing. It felt like it wasn't until there was like three minutes, two minutes. You guys were up 22 at this point. It felt like it wasn't until then was it all good. And back to your point about back to your point about B.A. stepping on throats. Whenever he was up for the Chicago Bears job and he didn't get the job and then he went to Arizona and they played against the Bears and then in the second half they were up like 21 or something like that, he threw, I think it was like 15 straight deep balls on him. <laughs> like that is just something that, that is Bruce Arians. He's like, hey, you want to play, baby? Let's go Let's go ahead and play. Diggs, what do you got? He, he, he's the same on the golf course. I mean, he, he is great, you know. He's going to birdie the hole or he's going to crash and You know, he's going to go birdie or triple. <laughs> he is funny and, and uh, he's a blast to play golf with because that's his life. That's exactly how he lives, you know, but that's how he golfs. That's how he coaches football. That's how he lives. That's how he is in relationships, you know, that he's all in, man. He's a loyal. I think that's what you got to look. Half that team was, we were together at 82. Half our staff was together at 82 in Temple. Todd Bowles, Kevin Ross, Keith Armstrong, me, Nick Rapone. We were all coaching at Temple in 82 together in the inner city of, of Philadelphia and just having a blast. We were all 25 and and uh, just getting into coaching. He had just come from Bear Bryant's staff. And, you know, Todd Bowles told a story this week where he really thought he was trying to kill some people, like literally old school. You get off a plane of a loss, okay, get him to the field. We're going out and practicing right now. And, uh, and uh, so that's that's kind of, that's kind of our deal. But man, you, you talk about you know loyalty, 
you, you know, you put Bruce Arians as picture, you know, loyalty, aggressiveness, like those are things, that's just who he is and uh, pretty darn special. Thanks. Coach, you talked about uh, trying to enjoy this for a week or two. However, Tom said last week that uh, the new season begins directly after the Super Bowl, and he thinks next year is going to be better. So have you cleared with Tom your vacation time yet? Yeah, what are you doing? Are you hiding the phone? Well, let, let me just say this. I, I had a big package of uh, TB12 vitamins and dietary supplements and stuff on my porch today. So I told you last week, it's not going to be a pleasant offseason for me. But, uh, but uh Whatever he's doing, I'm taking it because that that sucker for 43. You start trying to find someone who accomplished very much at in their 40s, and it doesn't happen in the NFL, and especially at quarterback, just doesn't happen. Rare ground. I'll give you a great story. So last night, you know that if you've been in these things, like all of a sudden the horn goes off, and families are coming down, and people are flooding the field, and they're putting up, you know, the stage, etc. So I never see Tom. I never saw Tom after the game. I I, I didn't never saw him and. Uh, I had my granddaughter down there, and I'm trying to get her around and, you know, get her to the right spot. So I didn't end up seeing him. So I go to bed whatever time, 3.30 or 4 this morning, Jeez. and I go, you know, I'll get my moment with him and just, you know. And and then all of a sudden at about 7.45, I get a FaceTime call, and I'm, you know, I'm literally just getting sleep out of my eye, and he's laying there relaxed, and he just, you know, it's Tom, and he just goes, hey, coach, you know, I didn't find you last night. I didn't get a chance to tell you how much. I've appreciated it, oh. you and your work in this year. And, uh, you know, so there he is FaceTiming me at 8 o'clock in the morning, 7.30 in the morning, first thing, and, and that's who he is. That's that's who the guy is. And uh, he's talking to my grandkids. They're all crawling all over the thing. And uh, he's talking to all the grandkids and just laying there relaxing it after with 10 trillion things on his plate to do today. He picks up the phone and just makes sure that, hey, coach, appreciate you and uh, – and man, lot, lot of, lot of, what a heck of a year we had together. Hey, we appreciate you too, man. Yeah. You're the best uh, on here, coach. Good, good stuff. I appreciate you guys. I can't think of a better place to go have fun and celebrate after a Super Bowl than this show. Hey, you guys, you hey anytime to you want to come on here, Clyde. Hey, you win a couple more Super Bowls, you come on here anytime you want. Congratulations. <laughs> I appreciate you. Late quarterback coach for Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Super Bowl champion for the second time. Clyde Christensen. Thank you. Blessings. Appreciate you, man. He's the best, dude. Yeah. Yeah. All right, quick story. (laughs) (laughs) He does that when uh, you're doing anything with him, too. You'll bring something up. You'll mention something. And he'll be like, oh, good story. And then he'll just start talking about it. I mean, he's talking about coaching in the 80s or whatever. He's been around a long time. Any coach, right, he has a connection with. Mm -hmm. Any player, basically. AQ was telling me the last time. Uh, whenever the NFC Championship game, whenever they were in Lambeau or whatever, AQ and Clyde were sitting on the bench before the game or whatever, and Clyde would go, we used to have great battles up here. (laughs) Reggie White. (laughs) Tampa used to be in the same division as Green Bay. I used to come up here every single year. It was a battle. Cold, cold, cold. (laughs) But a battle. He's just like a quarterback coach, which is where he's kind of made his entire career. He's been offense coordinator a couple of times, but he really finds his groove at that position coach level where it's like you can still be – because he can go fight for Tom in the meetings as opposed to like the offensive coordinator who has to kind of uh, like kind of talk – I don't want to say anybody's talking down for Tom, but the offensive coordinator and the head coach, right, they're kind of like the ones that are supposed to be in charge of the – the position room quarterback coach, he's always been like the ally of, you know, like if the quarterback wants something changed, Clyde's job is to help that happen but attack from a different 
different angle because so he's always been allies with basically all of his players. So it's always just like uh, he has stories for that gets along with everybody. Fucking OG in this football thing. I love that man. Him and I going through full practices on Saturdays, so me having to go through place, <laughs> him holding a call sheet, and then just, uh, all right, number two, if we get to number two, go ahead, this will be, bye, 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 bye. All right, go ahead, go. Ducks, please, ducks. <laughs> good, good, good. I think we can do a play action. <laughs> no, obviously he had no control over that, right? It was just his job, him and Frank Reich's job, to get me ready for that. But them hyping me up, Clyde hyping me up, he's like, first play we're going to do, they're going to think we're, they're going to think we're running it. What are you going to do? Yep, you're going to pull it. You're going to throw that. T.Y. <laughs> T.Y. down the seam probably. 60, 70 yards. I see it. He's just always upbeat, always positive. I got a chance to play on a football team in the NFL that happened to have a guy playing quarterback that went into the Hall of Fame just last night officially. Mm-hmm. A man who walked through a casino and told me, hey, how about that red 18? and then walked off and proved to me that this guy is potentially a time traveler. A man that outworked every single human I'd ever seen in my life, was way too nice to me, was a quarterback in two different cities winning Super Bowls for both. Ladies and gentlemen, a name synonymous with the game of football in the league that it is. Joining us now, Peyton Manning. How are you? I'm gonna take you. Take you with me everywhere with that kind of introduction. Right? <laughs> uh, uh, I want to hear that again. Well, I don't know if I don't know if I could run it back or not. You deserve it. I've always told people you were incredibly nice to me, too nice to me. There was no reason for you to be as nice as you were to me, and you were like that with everybody. And I heard you talking to Jeff Saturday last night. You, the, the team was the biggest thing for you. What was it about football you think that made you just fall in love, like and play forever and dedicate your entire life to it? Yeah, Pat, just that, just the team aspect of it. Uh, always like team sports, you know, where you got guys to help you if you're having a tough day, and uh, you can help them if they're maybe struggling. And we're sitting on the bus uh, right here. I got Calvin Johnson in front of me, Alan Fanica, John Lynch, and Charles Woodson, Drew Pearson are on the on the bus behind us. But that's all we've been talking about is is the teammates uh, like yourself, the memories, the locker room talks, the plane rides. That was the best part about it. I mean, the, the, the football plan was great, but if it was just that, and you didn't have those friendships and memories that you made with those guys that you were working hard with, the equipment managers, uh, all of it. It all mattered to me, and uh, it, it's been fun kind of going down memory lane these past couple days. Well, I appreciate you joining us, especially from where you're joining us at right now, because we'll just say that the entire Hall of Fame class of 2020 was on the show, because <laughs> I do believe they've coughed in the background. You know, I heard them. I heard him back there. Um, taking a trip down memory lane, I'm sure, was awesome. Uh, your relationship with Jim Irsay is one that's very fascinating to me, okay? Because whenever he made the decision, they made the decision to move on, and you go out to Denver, and the press conference happens and everything like that. Our world changed drastically back in Indianapolis, <laughs> by the way. I don't know if you heard or not, but everything changed drastically back there. Then you go on. You have great success at Denver, and now... I just saw a picture of you getting out of, I think, a 757 that was from Jim Irsay. What was that, and have you ever been in that plane before? It was, uh, it was I, I thought it was like a, the team plane to fly all of the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> I, uh, literally, I mean, it's got the logo on it, uh, Pat, and uh, it was awesome. But, hey, look, that's just Jim. Pat, I had a wonderful 
14 years there. It's obviously the team that I wanted to play for always. Things happen. I got injured. Uh, you know, Colts get the first round pick. You know, to be bitter and to be, you know, frustrated, it's like it ruined everything you worked for in those 14 years. So Jim Mercer drafted me. He always had my back. And so um, I, I understood the, the, the decision he had to make and no hard feelings. And uh, for him to send his plane to fly me and my son down here, uh, it was a great, great gesture. A lot of room for me and Marshall. We were throwing the football. <laughs> so pretty uh, – Pretty, uh, pretty cool experience. Pretty cool father-son weekend. Yeah, I could fathom, and I'm I'm happy you're enjoying fatherhood. You know, and I think that's something that I'm not 100 percent sure if I ever talk to you about. But I think the world, by the way, as he's moving from event to event right now, <laughs> you are the best, dude. Where are you headed right now? I'm going to the game. I'm going to the game. I got Lynch. I got Fanica. I got these guys in the background. Boys, uh, how you? Congratulations! Yeah. Congratulations, boys. All right, Peyton. Oh, hey, there he is. Marshall, I hope you enjoyed that plane, pal. Hey, Peyton, <laughs> last thing here. Um, you talking to Tom Brady, you becoming friends with him. Uh, it was interesting to watch. Oh, yeah, take the photo. Take the photo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we will wrap this up. You talking to Tom Brady, how much does that happen? Did you did Clyde Christensen, yourself, and Tom have a convo before he went to Tampa? How has that transition been? And do you feel like you're one of the only people he can talk to about his entire experience in the NFL? Well, I'll tell you, Pat. Um, I don't think anybody can do what, what Tom has done. Look, I know how hard it was for me to get on the same page with my receivers, learn a new system, learn new coaches. But I had a full offseason. I was injured. I was rehabbing. The fact that Tom has done this in a COVID pandemic offseason, no time to meet with his receivers. He met with his coaches illegally by breaking into Byron Leverage's house. <laughs> uh, so besides that, uh, it's been incredible what he's been able to accomplish. And uh, – he deserves all the credit. His leadership is, is what's put the Bucks in this game today. And uh, I have great respect for him because I know how hard it is. But uh, he deserves all the credit. Hey, how did you know Red 18 was coming? Pat, I mean, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you telling that story and, and just growing the legend. That was about the 18th time I tried it. I <laughs> going into that and you know when it doesn't hit you just keep walking nobody ever really tells you about it so when it hit i was as surprised as you were and uh the reaction from, from some of the some of the good old folks there in the casino that night was uh pretty special well i appreciate you doing that you made me and those folks in the casino a bunch of money congrats on the hall of fame nod thank you for spending time enjoy yourself at the game peyton Pat, thanks, pal. I appreciate you. The, sh you. the Sheriff Hall of Famer, Peyton May. I want to let you know that um, Valentine's Day is coming up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And for a lot of guys, that can mean added pressure to perform. Luckily, with Roman, you can relax. Hell yeah. Oh. Whether you're dealing with ED or you're more concerned about lasting longer in a sack, Roman's got you covered. For a limited time, Roman has special offers to make sure you're ready for Valentine's Day. Get up. <laughs> Get up. Get up now. Get up. Get up. It's $35 off your first month of ED treatment. It's not supposed to be read. Podcast. Oh, no. Oh, boy. That's podcast read. I can clip that.
Congrats. GetRoman.com slash USA. You can start it at GetRoman.com slash USA to get started. Get up to $35 off your first month of ED treatment. So does ED treatment come at different prices? Like, uh, you're going to need a lot more. Okay, you get $35 off. You have this. Uh, like, how does that work? I'm not 100% yeah. sure. But you can go find out and take care of your problem. Mm. Get up. $35 off your first month of ED treatment when you go to GetRoman.com slash USA. Complete your online visit by February 10th for guaranteed delivery by Valentine's Day. For a limited time, get up to $35 off your ED treatment if prescribed. And if you purchase swipes, you'll get a free bottle of lube added to your order. Oh, oh right up in that. Really? While, while supplies last. Shout out to them, all right, so for a limited time, you get up to $35 off your first month of ED treatment if prescribed. Okay, so you can't just be self-diagnosing. No, no, no. no. You, can't, you can't be like, hey, what's going on, diner? No. got to see the doc. But anyways, you get prescribed that. That is the place to go. And if you purchase swipes, you get a free bottle of lube added to your order. Woo. Order by February 10th, guaranteed by Valentine's so Day. Nice Guys, spice up the lover's day. Let's go. Hell yeah. We're about to have two legendary guests from uh, Big Ten schools. Ooh. Big Ten schools. Two Big Ten school humans will be joining us. Two Big Ten Super Bowl champions will be joining us just in moments. Uh, before we get going any further, we did have somebody DM us a rather important message. Uh, Clyde Edwards Allaire, if uh, you are listening, there's a man who found your bag at the Kansas City airport. Yep. It doesn't sound like it's legit at all because he would have <laughs> hopped on the team plane and the team would have probably had the bags and everything like that. But the guy sends pictures of a bag that he picked yeah. up at the airport. Or they found it at the airport. I don't know if this guy works at the airport or whatever. It definitely has Clyde's jersey yeah. and everything. <laughs> and everything you can in the picture. We're not going to post that, obviously. But the guy's name is? Uh, it is uh, the names underscore Woody. So the actual underscore and then Woody. The names underscore, underscore Woody. Woody. With a Y or I-E? Uh, with a Y. C-E-H, your shit's in this guy's, this guy has your yeah. shit. We just saw the picture of it. And it's, it, would, it would not be, we would not be doing the world a favor. It sounds like it's probably not real, but the pictures are pretty damning. Yeah. Clyde, yeah. this guy wants to give you back your stuff. Hopefully he doesn't rip you off in this whole thing. At the names underscore Woody. Yes. I assume he works at the airport. Mm -hmm. I guess, yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. Why is he going through bags? Yeah. True. Hmm. Woody might be a scumbag. Hmm. But would he also a potential hero in this thing? Yeah. Clyde, if you need a bag, go ahead and get that. Speaking yeah. of needing a bag, I would assume this man is needing a bag to potentially puke in or maybe a bag uh, to uh, of water, you know, to, to chug down. I would assume he had a very long night. When I talked to him earlier, it seemed like he was still in the middle of the celebration, even though he had just woken up. Uh, alongside A.J. Hawk, ladies and gentlemen, Super Bowl champion, player, and coach, AQ ship. Yeah! Hey, boys. AJ, how's it feel to be a Super Bowl champ? Looks like there's only two of us here, huh? Feels good, man. Congrats. Hey, congrats. Thanks, congrats. Thanks for allowing me on this Super Bowl conversation with you two. That is very, very nice of you. Now, interesting conversation to be had about that, though. Whenever you became a free agent, and we saw what was going on down in Tampa Bay. I thought about getting back in shape and going and trying to kick down there. Conversations with you, you were trying to get down there. It felt like 
everybody that has ever been around BA or Clyde or Tom or everybody kind of knew what was going to happen down there. Here we are months later. You signed down there as a veteran that was in free agency, backup center, play some games, bruise your spine, start coaching. Now you're a Super Bowl champ. This has to feel pretty good for it to come to fruition the way you thought it was potentially going to. Man, it couldn't be better. I mean, we, we talked about this. You know that. I mean, I tried to get down there um, as soon as Tom went down there, just like a lot of other guys around this league to try to get down. My voice sounds terrible. I am still fucked up. I apologize. <laughs> uh, you deserve it. Hey, pal, you deserve uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Man. But, God, it came – I mean, it, it was it was so fun to be a part of. I mean, and, you know, you sit there, we're seven and five, and it's like – man, we got to get this thing rolling. And then you reel off, what is it, nine or ten in a row? I mean, it was it was, it was was an incredible thing to be a part of. It was incredible to watch this thing roll. And I think I listened to your show the other day, and I heard Clyde Christensen say this, who, by the way, was on the show earlier, I think, right? And yep. uh, he said, we need another eight games to play our best football. And I think he's probably right. We were just getting better and better and better and better. And Tom just kept getting more comfortable and – kind of putting his own nuances on this thing and uh last night was a thing of beauty and can't say enough about our defense too they played out of their minds and uh to limit that team and that offense and how talented they are to zero touchdowns was a thing of beauty to watch aq you know obviously firsthand like how tough it is to, to block up teams that are rushing the passer so well and, and what you were able to do with the bucks they're running a lot of twists and games and stunts and everything how tough is that because we know the the Kansas City O line was kind of patchwork together with injuries. Like if you're not that experienced together, how tough is it to block? So hard. I mean, offensive lines probably the those five guys have to be in unison, and it's so it's so crazy to think like okay, you just pull one guy out, and you're so used to playing with a guy for 10, 12 weeks, and this new guy that's in plays just a little different, steps a little different, and. You're expecting him to do something maybe a little different, again, like you said, on twists or passing off stunts or doing things like that. And it may be completely different than what, you're, what you've been used to all year. So um, credit to our defense, credit to Coach Bowles putting that thing together. And, I mean, they just they got home with four all night. It was awesome. I mean, they were able to just sit back seven guys in coverage. And um, Vita Vea, having him back the last two weeks. Was hey, he's enormous. unbelievable, huh? Vita Vea is a player? He's unbelievable. I mean, I've had a – go against him since the minute I got here. I mean, he's 375 pounds and as athletic of a guy as anybody that's 300, even 290. I mean, he's he's such a good player, and he made such a difference and key contribution the last couple of weeks having him in there. What was your coaching style going in a Super Bowl? You know, <laughs> did you like to keep the boys loose out there, you know, as player coach, you know? What was your style going in there? Yeah, they were loose. It was awesome. I mean, you could – you could see it. I mean, heck, I called you, what, early last week, two weeks? I said, hey, we're going to beat these guys up. I mean, it, it was that was the feeling, like, around this place. It was it was awesome. I mean, the guys were loose. They were playing with swag. They, they had confidence. I mean, they, they everybody on this team in this locker room could feel this thing coming, and it was awesome. I mean, it was awesome to be a part of. They were, they were just ready to get this thing rolling. I mean, by, like, Wednesday, Thursday of the second week, it was like, man, can we just get to the game? Like, we're ready to go. Hey, people are taking pay cuts or offering up to take pay cuts already to keep the roster around. Now that you're going to be a highly sought-after coach, are you willing to get paid nothing to be a part of that team still? You want to go on the record and say you'll take no money at all because you just want to be a good coach for the team? I won't say that, but I do know that uh, 
getting into coaching, it looks like I'm going to have to take quite a pay cut. <laughs> <laughs> hey, were you able to relax at all before the, the, the final second ticked off? I'm just wondering, was there a moment in the fourth quarter where you said, okay, I'm going to be a Super Bowl champ? There was a moment, I think, whenever – you know, I think we got the ball maybe backed up on our own 10 or so, and we ran the ball maybe nine or 10 plays in a row. We ended up punting it like midfield, and Pinion had a great punt, downed him inside the 10. But that point where we ran the ball, one, two, first down, one, two, first down, one, two, and you take six, seven minutes off the clock, and now you look up and there's whatever, seven and a half, eight minutes left in the game, and you're up by three scores. It's like, this is about to happen. This is about to happen. So, I mean, that was, that was a pretty cool moment. And then once it hit around – Four or five minutes. I mean, you start seeing guys hugging each other on the sideline. It, it was, it was, it was real. It was awesome. Hey, talk about the offensive side of the ball there. As the season went on, obviously you went from being player to being coach. So you're seeing all angles of that offense being developed. Whether it's Tom introducing more stuff into BA or BA introducing a more like, hey, we're going to go for it type mentality into Tom. The evolution of that offense. If you guys did have another eight weeks. What do you think would continue to add to it? Why do you think it started gelling late from your uh, particular viewpoint on the whole thing? Why did it start going? I think uh, just the more and more comfortable Tom got, that was it. I mean, honestly, I mean, it was the other guys were comfortable with the stuff. And the more and more comfortable he got, I mean, you can look back at all of the years the B.A.'s coached quarterbacks in year one in his system they've struggled a little bit they've thrown more interceptions tom did not you know he was willing to not try and force things but it's just he had to just keep getting more and more comfortable with the things and when he did i mean now now the protections were shored up you knew he had answers for everything i mean he has he had his hot routes versus blitz he had sight adjustments versus versus blitz he had you know his cover zero protection pickups i mean he had everything dialed in from the for the last half of the season and had an answer for everything and you know when he's played the game as long as he has he's seen it every defense he's seen every single defense there is to throw at him and so you know he sees this coming he knows who can cover based on rotation and things like that and then it's like okay cool these guys have a, have an option to come so we're just going to pick these guys up and dice them up and that's that's and what he was you're able saying, to do in the last half of the year. You're saying the big reason why people struggle is because even if you're the smart – Carson Palmer struggled in this, and he's known to be like a cerebral quarterback. Jameis Winston threw for a lot of yards, but he struggled in that offense. I think Ben Roethlisberger potentially, and everybody turns the ball over. It's not because they can't – learn the system it's because they haven't been through the system with anything popping off out of like the ordinary right like for instance in practice you practice a play you might know this play inside and out because you're an incredibly smart but if they show you something that you haven't seen against this particular play you don't know which option is the best option is that what you're saying there in like a much yeah, easier and fashion there's, and there's so many different nuances within each route right it's it's you know everything looks great on paper and it's like okay cool versus this coverage, we're going to do this, right? And then what happens then when they're showing cover two and they're rolling to cover three on the snap, then your route and every every single um, situation changes on the fly, right? That It's just like being an offensive lineman. It's like, oh, yeah, this is great. I can pick everything up whenever I see it on paper. But then you get live bullets flying and we're playing the Packers and AJ's running the Sam Mike Blitz and it's like, okay, now – Instead of just having the clean lines to, oh, you got this guy to that guy, it's, now it's now everything's moving and now everything's completely different. So 
seeing live bullets in this system is completely different than going through it in training camp or going through it in the first seven, eight weeks of the season. And now you get 10, 12 weeks in and, you know, you've seen it and things are rolling. AJ, did you ever get in on him? No, I don't. I don't think so. I would not take AQ on head to head. I'm trying to. I'm trying to chop and get by you, AQ. I don't want to take that. <laughs> if you make a move to the outside, I'm probably missing because I leave with my head all. The- <laughs> oh, maybe that's. Hey, and also. Oh. Also, the short arms. Oh, cool. Guess what? Super Bowl champ. <laughs> right. Hey, AQ. Uh, Clyde Christensen was on earlier, and I was watching Pat, and he said it's so funny how AB possibly ran the wrong route on his touchdown and he basically was saying it to say this is how good tom is that we're in the red zone he's in the end zone he can adjust on the fly like have you ever seen anyone else able to do that especially at the biggest stage no i mean it's so impressive i mean just him being able to kind of just react right i mean i think that's the biggest thing he never gets flustered and you know it's the biggest stage we need a touchdown and it's just kind of you may be expecting some out route and you know these guys are just kind of ad libbing because Honey Badger's playing to the outside, and boom, he kind of gives the outside and back in, and ball's right on the money, low and away where only he can catch it. And, I mean, it's awesome. I mean, they, no, it's 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 incredible. He's been so impressive to watch all year and watch him grow within this system. I mean, you always you always knew how great he was just from obviously six Super Bowls and you know just winning and winning and winning and winning, and then to watch him just continue to grow throughout this whole thing and put a stamp on this. I mean, he's, he's the best. What'd you guys do? Just dive into avocado ice cream last night? Is that why your voice sucks today? <laughs> I I had more beers, more whiskey, what? more tequila. I mean, I, my head is pounding. Right what? I don't what? know what to do. <laughs> what? what? Uh, don't start this wrestling promo <laughs> bullshit. <all right? laughs> what? 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 Did you have a performance? Hey, let me know when Did- you're done. <laughs> What? Uh, what? You got anything else? What? The uh, who performed at the after party last night, and who was everybody having a good time? Every I've never been a part of a Super Bowl champion party. Okay, so thing, I, fill me in. Who performed? Was everybody having a great time? How was it? Were you dancing, chugging, talking? What was your role in the entire thing as player coach here? Yeah, I mean, it was awesome. Yeah, Drake and Migos. Not much of a Drake and Migos guy, as you could tell. More of a five-finger death punch guy. I didn't think they were going to be performing. That's what everybody would think, yeah. Five-finger death punch. Yeah. (laughs) That's what everybody would think, yeah. That's exactly right. But, uh, no, it was awesome. I mean, it was – guys were just having a good time. Everybody's up till wee hours of the morning. I'm walking around Tampa just trying to find bottles of water everywhere I go right now. And uh, (laughs) – hasn't been successful my voice is destroyed it's yeah. unbelievable i don't know when it's gonna i don't think it's ever gonna come back probably not that'd be a good little scar to have for the rest of your life after winning the super bowl i'm happy to hear you guys were all wearing masks at that party though Diggs, what do you got thank you so where does it go, go from here did brady get bill gates's yacht and you guys meet there later later today you go straight to tom's house what's the next move in the celebration smart congrats by the way hey thanks guys thanks uh i don't know what the next move is i think they're trying to work out the fact if, if they can do a parade this COVID thing, you know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of protocols. You <laughs> Did, didn't somebody say they thought it didn't even, 
Remember that? Oh, oh, right. yeah. Yeah. oh yeah. I think we have it on tape. In Arizona. Actually. I don't know if it still is in Arizona. <laughs> you know? It's, I mean, the guy just let. I mean, they're just letting it open. I mean, some they act like it doesn't, but this thing's a this thing's a real thing. And nice. It's really put a damper on our parade. You guys Ooh. just need those buses like the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning did, just oh, yeah. to drive, drive through the I town. Think that's what they're trying to work out, right? They're trying to be safe and responsible, but still let us kind of get our glory. So I hope they do the whole little boat taxis that I got some footage for. Uh, that's hockey talk earlier in the year, you know. Ooh. That's hockey talk, by the way, a podcast that comes out of this Great office plug. between Nick Broder and AQ Shipley, who is a Super Bowl champ, but also an incredible hockey aficionado. Loves hockey. Oh, yeah. Hey, by the way, about time to get back to work on huh? the podcast, yeah. huh? Come on, maybe no, we time. fucking do no something. Time. When are we starting back up? It's already started, dude. Show's begun already. We're mm-hmm. like five episodes no. in. Listen, I was busy. Have you been on? Because I, I think you're the reason the Penguins stink right now. Oh. Maybe it's Foxy. No. Oh. Probably Foxy. Thank hey, you. It's probably Foxy. What probably do you got, Nick? Foxy. I I just wanted I just want to say. Oh no, it's dead. Mike's dead. No, it's not dead. I just want to say congrats, AQ. Uh, I've been saying for a long time, I do believe karma is dead because you are a pretty terrible person and you keep having all these great things happen to you. So congrats. That was nice. I appreciate that. That was an extra compliment, Nick. I appreciate that. What'd you say? We were clapping. I didn't hear it. I said I appreciate him giving me a compliment of being a terrible person, but thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Did you and AJ play against each other at Big Ten football? No, I think we missed each other. He, I thought it was which, Joe Paul's What was your last game. year, 05? Yeah, 05 season, 06 bowl game. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I was uh, red shirt, I think, that year. and then uh, I've never heard of that. We had a big win against you guys that year, though. Tom Ball Lee with the sack fumble and Troy Smith, right? Yeah, you got a good memory, man. You, you probably – I doubt you've had any concussions either. That's right. We got beat there. It was a whiteout. It was a C- tough one. CTE doesn't exist. <laughs> oh, God. AJ, Breaking. why'd you do it? AJ, why'd you do it? Okay. AJ, you stared that man right in that face that he has right there. And although nobody thought five-finger death grip, you knew that he was a person that would not claim to ever have a concussion, just looking right at that face. Ever. No. Right. My spine, my spinal cord almost broke in half, and I tried to go back in the game. I <laughs> hey, Russ Bell kind of guy. We appreciate you. Congratulations, man. I'm happy for you. Always a blast, boys. Are you going to be drunk now just for the next, like, 72 uh, hours or so? Bad you do? You just start, start back up, keep this thing rolling. Should I start with mimosas right now? Mm-hmm. Brunch time, right? Brunch? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's almost 3. <laughs> it's 3 o'clock. <laughs> it's brunch somewhere. Yeah, it sounds like brunch. I'll see you guys. <laughs> Cut, traded, signed. He was. I think he was selling some tires at one point during his oh. NFL career because he wasn't even on a practice squad for a bit. Now he's Super Bowl champ. Just drunk walking around Tampa Bay with no CTE at all. Where was he? We didn't get. Uh, he wasn't at his house, was he? Some corner. I think he was outside of his condo. His, he, he has uh, two kids, obviously a baby, and then Sky is his other, and she is awesome. Great personality. Anytime you Facetime, she will come in. I wish he would have gave her a little showtime. I assume he's bad dad of the year right now, though, if he's yeah. mm-hmm. still drunk at 220 at this point. I, I'd assume he is, he's not doing a lot of parenting as we speak at this moment. 
who do you think makes the call if they can have the parade or not? Would the NFL step in and say, hey, this isn't safe? It's not for – I don't think it's as much as the player's safety. They could spread them out. They don't want a giant crowd of people jamming in there. I would assume the governor says fucking run, yeah. run it back. Yeah, dude. Florida. Do what you got to do. Florida's wide open. Mm-hmm. Now think about the masks, they'll say. <laughs> think about the masks for sure. We were down there in Orlando oh, man. for uh, war games down there. Yeah. Right next to our, our hotel. I, I mean, it was a block party. Yeah, there was a whole Christmas celebration. It was the whole, it was just wide open. And then we flew back to Indiana. And it's like, you cannot get coffee between 11 and 1 because the place is closed or whatever. It Three was like masks. Pretty different views on this whole thing. Uh, but yeah, I would assume that the, they have to protect people from themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. So they'll probably have them. Maybe they'll just have them drive around the entire city on the back of it because it's hot down there, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Play for a day. You guys just sit on top of those big double-decker buses or those duck boats, and you guys just kind of drive around with people in their condos and houses just yeah. wave. You know how firemen used to, or Santa Claus used to come on the back of the fire mm-hmm. truck around town? Oh, yeah. That's what awesome. the Buccaneers are going to do around Tampa for eight hours. They're just going to drive through neighborhoods and everything, and they'll just come out in the front. Hey, Gronk! You know, and Gronk mm-hmm. will be like, ah, 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 slamming <laughs> That's what they'll do. That's what the parade should be. That that would be sweet to see someone like in like the 67th floor throwing a beer out, you know, and Gronk's fucking yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Did I you mean, guys have a parade? We did. Uh, it, ours was, I mean, it was negative 500 degrees. We we were in the stadium. We like walked a lap around the stadium and had a little uh, stage set up. Nothing at all uh, what celebrations are like now. I mean, they, these guys are having a bunch of fun. I know last year, especially starting off with a a car chase that got swept under the rug really kicked off the KC parade. The high-speed chase right down the parade route is something that, you're right, it did get swept under the rug because of how intoxicated everybody got uh-huh. in the incredible moments that happened in there. That high-speed chase with two flat tires on that car, but yeah. it just oh, yeah. kept on going straight out of a movie scene. And they're like, no, 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 this is uh, this is not – people, I thought it was fake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought it was like a Cirque du Soleil show where they're doing something while you come into the theater. They have a, a mime clown rolling around in a bubble thing, and it's like, oh, this is like the pre-show. This is a pre-show thing. And they're like, no, no, that guy really going to jail forever. <laughs> Would have been awesome if Kelsey popped out of that car. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, just kidding. <laughs> Oh, man. Would like to be a part of that. Maybe I start punting balls again. You and Vinny, head down. One more year. Hey, Vinny Terry told us yesterday he's playing still, <laughs> by the way. Really? Pretty much, yeah. He was like, you know, I my plan was to work to see if I could get back, and I didn't feel like I could do that, and then now I'm at the point where I think I could, basically, is what he said. So, Vinatieri's 48 years old. He said he might take two years off and then come back when he's 50 and just oh. kick in half a season <laughs> yeah. or whatever, just to say he could do it. Was he rehabbing something? Was he not healthy or what? Yeah, he had knee surgery. That last year he played, he bang. I think he was hurting pretty bad. Yeah, hip thing too, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, hip, knee. I think he had a lot of things going on, but got brand new ones put in there. He's like, mm-hmm. you know what? Let's put the dust off a little bit. We got some brand new fucking vehicles down here. Let's go. What if he comes back? He'll go kick down there in Tampa. Yeah. Ryan Suckup hits a 52-yard ball last night from Mr. Irrelevant to Super Bowl champion. Congrats to Ryan Suckup. Oh, yeah. Kicker for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was also not on the team last year. He was on the Titans, I believe, and then now he's a Super Bowl champion. Uh, I don't know what his contract status is, but I do know if Vinatieri goes and makes some calls, I believe he will get at least a workout if he wanted one, <laughs> I think, if he if he wanted one at this point. I would think so. Hey, do you know that uh, Tampa's special teams coach, Keith Armstrong, dude is a stud. He was in Atlanta before. 
and the guy's I think he's an unbelievable coach. I learned uh, a couple months ago that he I didn't know he was in Tampa, but yeah, BA knows how to hire, man. Todd Bowles, DC, Byron, your offensive coordinator and, and this guy Keith Armstrong. No one talks about special teams coordinators, but this guy is legit. He's he's the real deal. Yeah, nobody really talks about punters either until, you know, you have like a 20 25 yarder out of your end zone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh man. They were just out of sorts. Like I mm-hmm. I was like, man, it's one of those nights. It's one of those days for Kansas City. Now, Tampa Bay forced them into that. Bingo. But that's how it happened. Like, they, Tampa Bay never let up either. But, man, they're, we said, what, what did everybody say before the game? If you can get four-man pressure, you can change the game. But I don't think anyone anticipated how much they could truly change the game. That entire game, though, we, uh, I mean, I might be the only one who thought this. I was like, Kansas City going to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can, hey, Kansas City's going to go at some point. And then there was that dive – a lot of time left in the fourth quarter, 13 minutes left, dive, sidearm throw, hits dude in face. Normally in real life, catches, normally Kansas City Chief, catch that touchdown. Patrick Mahomes is doing the yeah. mm-hmm. entire this thing. All of a sudden, they're down. They go for two. Now they're down two scores. It's like, okay, here we go. Now we have the game. And then instead, there's a couple drops. Never happens. Blowout, 22 points, Tom Brady, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Super Bowl champs. It did not pan out how any of us thought. And by the way, the game might have not lived up to hype expectations. Anytime the under hits, normally that's the case, by the way. Like uh, what happened last night. I still enjoyed the fuck out of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm very bummed that we don't have any more games. Oh, oh Jesus. Tell, tell Dwayne, the XFL's got to get going. They've been working harder than anybody, allegedly. I ain't fucking heard a thing. Joining us now is a man who I believe was at the Super Bowl, a guy who's been covering the NFL for like 20 years at this point, Hall of Fame player, absolute stud, friend of the show, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Carter. Yeah! Yeah! How are you, Chris? You guys give a grand introduction. <laughs> I mean, you'll keep people coming back, at least the introduction. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. And also, whenever you come on and crush, too, the next one is going to have the same. Like, you know what I mean? You came on and crushed the last time you were on this show. So we are very. That was because of you. No, no, no. We are grateful for you coming back. Thank you, Chris. Chris. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Anyways, uh, are you down in Tampa right now? You're at the game. Is that just what Hall of Famers do? You guys just go hang out there and watch the game together? I was at the game, but I live in um, southeast Florida in Boca Raton, so I'm back home now um, after the short commute. But great experience. Um, Didn't expect it to be the blowout um, that it was. But anytime that you see these prolific offenses and anytime that they've had trouble, it comes against a great defense. And when you cannot get teams out of cover two, uh, most of the time, Myself, that's what I faced a lot in my career. Cover two, because we had... Chris, explain that. Explain that. They showed that last night. Cover two, basically, you're just... Nobody gets past you, right? It's just a basic shell. You're going to go with the four-man front, and you basically believe that that front four and those two linebackers, a lot like Tampa Bay was with Tony Dungy when they had Derek Brooks as one of those linebackers. You could see a young Derek Brooks in Devin Smith outstanding player only 22 years old but you're going to have a four-man rush you're going to keep a nice rotation among those four players maybe six players and you are going to physically beat up the offensive line if you look at what was the mismatch of this game going into it people thought it was going to be Todd Bowles blitzing against that um, wide receiver and tight end core 
but it wasn't. It was that defensive line going against that offensive line that was missing um, two starters in their natural position. So that that's what turned the game. Tom Brady got them off to a good start, nice, consistent start. But the ability to dominate the front by the defensive front of Tampa Bay, that's the reason why we saw the lopsided win. Today's conversation has been pretty cool to be a part of, actually, because at this point, Seven Super Bowls, no sign of stopping, Chris, right? Ten Super Bowls together, 20 years, just the greatness personified in this one dude named Tom Brady. He was chirping last night. He came out, did the let's go. It was like vintage Tom Brady, basically. And now the conversation is, and I forget who started this, but there's people that are on the internet talking about they should retire 12. 12 should only be allowed to be worn by Tom Brady, nobody else. Now, Aaron Rodgers wears 12 and there's been a lot of great 12s in history but they're talking about how do we immortalize this guy how is tom brady going to be able to be celebrated by the nfl community when this whole thing is all said and done you know jerry west is the logo lebron came out and said we should retire 23 then jordan said something bad about lebron lebron said give me that 23 back we ain't doing that shit anymore but like how do you think the nfl will go about it because i don't think there's going to be anybody that's ever going to be able to do this again it's in the amount of luck i don't want to say luck because obviously he's worked his ass off but for this long with injuries and everything to be this damn good i don't think it'll ever happen again how do you think you know, it'll all go down chris well tom's only going to do it as a team um a couple things with super bowl behind the scenes that that i was able to learn and in investigative reporting Ooh. Uh, the nfl tried to introduce tampa bay and introduce their offense and tom brady would would have nothing to do with it and that's why you saw in, in the game that they only introduced Tampa Bay as a team and Kansas City as a team because Tom Brady would not stand outside of his teammates in anything that he decided to do. Hmm. And being at the NFL hotel uh, uh, there in Tampa, um, the Brady family happened to be staying at the same hotel. So I was fortunate enough on a couple of occasions to – get the attention of Tom Brady, the original Tom Brady senior <laughs> and talk to him about the son and, um, and another family member. And their only concern was not if they won this game, it was Tom loves football so much. He loves the process of football so much. They don't know what he's going to do. So this, these are all conversations before the game that he's totally into it. This is definitely not a one and done season um, in Tampa Bay. So, Whatever the NFL is going to do, they're going to have a couple of years to be able to figure it out. But let's not get ahead of history the way this young society that we have. Who's the go? Who's the go? Like, let's watch this. Let's not try to get to the end of it because it's obviously we've tried to get to the end of it four years ago, five years ago. And obviously, Tom Brady is the one. He is the one who defeats Father Tom. So let's just watch it. Um, I do believe that number 12 should be in circulation. Because there are too many kids in the history of this game that have worn number 12, and I think they'll continue that. It's, you're right. The, the thought of enjoying the moment is something that seems to be of the past at this particular time. And in sports, I don't feel like that happens ever either. And for Patrick Mahomes, I think we all realize like the potential of this dude's career, especially with how it started. Now the conversation is shifting all the way back. Like, well, will Patrick Mahomes be able to accomplish anywhere near what Tom Brady's uh, been able to accomplish? And it's automatically going to a comparison 
of the greatest professional athlete of all time is the conversation that Tom's getting in there now. Right. How do you think Patrick Mahomes responds to this? How do you think the Chiefs respond to this? No touchdown in the Super Bowl. Obviously, nobody could have predicted that. How do you think this goes for Patrick Mahomes, who's another player who we should enjoy watch play? That layout, toss, drop, touchdown, no insane. Doubt. The dude's an absolute baller, but how do you see this playing out for him as we go forward, Chris? One of the things, Pat, you know about the NFL career, being successful, it's about the organization, mm-hmm. and it starts at the top. And I know the Hunt family, they're going to provide every resources, though, to Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, that they can be able to regroup. But if you look at it, they only need to make slight changes. They had a couple of players. They had a good offensive lineman who opted out, decided to stay in Canada north of the border and help with the pandemic because he Shut is up. a doctor. Great story in itself. But if he comes back healthy, if you get Damon Williams last year, he should have been MVP in the Super Bowl or could have been MVP besides Patrick Mahomes. If you get him back, you have a more stable running attack. So you have a couple different running backs. But the way to stop explosive offenses, the way to stop a Chris Carter, Randy Moss is to play cover two. Mm. We had a lot of success against Tampa. And cover two, because we used to be able to get down the middle of the field, and we used to have Robert Smith, and we were going to run the ball against it. So don't tinker with it too much, realizing that your current roster with a couple of players who opted out because of their own personal situation, Damian Williams, his mom uh, recently diagnosed with cancer, so he had to make that hard personal decision to opt out. But if you look at their roster, it is very, very good. Tampa Bay has a chance to be good over the next couple of years because people will come to Tampa just like when Peyton was in Denver and just like when you have any other veteran quarterback. I mean, more veteran players would have went to New England if it wasn't, you know, for Belichick and you're not going to enjoy yourself. In all <laughs> Soft. Too soft, not tough enough. That's what Teddy Bruschi said. Not <laughs> tough enough. You're 13 years in. You don't want to come die every day. Not tough enough. Not tough no, enough. I don't want to go padded practices on Wednesday in November. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. There listen, is I, another way to win, and that's what Tampa Bay did this year. Listen, I know how to tackle already, okay? I got the form. All right, I I, I, under, I get it at this point. All right. I understand that's point, a way. You know how to hit someone. Yeah, I know that's a way to win. Okay, I get it. But there's also other ways to win. I'm going to go and choose those. And it does feel like Bruce Arians down there, Tom Moore, Clyde, Todd Bowles, Goody, the crew they got down there. It's like, a, hey, we're going to shit talk. We're going to have fun. Let's go ahead and get our work in, though, and let's keep it moving. Mike Evans has already said he'll take less money or restructure his contract, Bruce Arians came out and said. Well, now, granted, Bruce Bruce might well, be mean, negotiating. Evans, I mean, come I mean, listen now. The quarterback he had last year threw 30 interceptions. Will you take less? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll take less. I mean, this is a much better life. This is a much better life like this. Uh, but unless but, but, Bruce – Yeah. If, if you could really just kind of – because the locker room in NFL is crazy. And the talent levels are very, very similar to 32 teams. But if you can bring in a dude who can be a stabilizing force and late in games can win you, that's how you can go from seven and nine to 11 and five. That's how you can win eight in a row. That's how you can come back and beat Drew Brees after he beats you twice. That's how you can go to the MVP in Lambeau Field because the kickers, the gunners, the centers, the wide receiver, everybody got more confidence when you got a dude. 
because you know you got to change. And by the way, all the extra reps in practice, the film study, you're not cutting any corners. And I talked about this when Tom Brady was going to be a free agent this past offseason for the first time in 20 years. As soon as I heard it was actually going to happen, I got onto this microphone. I was like, uh, I would assume 20 teams are going to be interested in bringing Tom Brady into their building because Tom Brady comes in, your your athletic trainers get better. Everybody's better as soon as Tom Brady gets in there. I, I saw it with Peyton. I saw when Peyton was doing Peyton made me a better punter and I that we had nothing to do with each other right it's just one of those things you watch greatness now it's coming out that only really two teams wanted Tom the 49ers allegedly Mike Florio said passed on Tom Brady that's insane to me but also that is how Tom Brady thrives though right is whenever he's like pick 199 or whatever and now only two teams like that's just adding gas to the entire thing right at this point I mean Tom Brady and his overall legacy of how he could self-motivate through all the success that he's had. I mean, it, it's remarkable for him to be able to take care of his body. They showed him the picture at, you know, we know that the, the combine, but they showed his face like changing as he went through the years. And I was like, goodness <laughs> gracious, like the way his skin structure, the way he wasn't into fitness and now he's into fitness, but ultimately it's about leadership. There was one guy yelling in Green Bay, we're not done, and it was Tom Brady in that locker room. So, man, leadership, when you're in team sports, you're in team businesses, leadership cannot be underestimated. You know, people wanted to have a direction, and that's what Tampa Bay got when they signed him. Seven and nine, okay, give us some direction. Give us a chance when you get in those big games. And last night they had the mismatch up front going against that offensive line in Kansas City. As soon as he gets there, right, he goes, this is what we're doing, boys. I don't know what you did last offseason. We're breaking into a high school, and we're fucking throwing right now. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be helicopters. There's going to be helicopters flying around. Right. Like, this is how we do, okay? This is what we do. I mean, we're going to break the rules a little bit. Hey, That's look, what hey, I'm used to. Hey, and we'll get a letter probably. <laughs> we'll get a letter. But, hey, we've been there, done that before. Don't you worry about that. We will tell Raj to take it easy. By the way, yeah. look for uh, Russell Wilson to potentially get a little uh, – Saw him and Raj sitting in a suite together. Were you in that suite with uh, Raj and Russ yesterday at the Super Bowl? I mean, very close. Russell, uh, congratulations to him. He's the Walker Payton. Congrats, Russell. Congrats, Russell. And, um, you know, my association with it and the award, we're glad to have Russell. I was the the first award winner in 1999. Congrats. Hey. Wow. Hey, I I didn't say congrats when you won it. That's on me. I was 12. (laughs) Yeah. I I was (laughs) – yeah. Okay, Pat. But <laughs> just being associated, especially when the world was at its worst, our players were at the absolute best. If you read the resumes and what these guys did in their one day off this offseason, when everyone was scared, everyone was petrified, they still went out in their communities and did great things to continue the legacy. So I'm glad you mentioned um, the, the, the Russell won the award, but it shows the character of our players. Pat, you've been around our parent players. They don't even get the, the type of recognition they should for the type of charitable work that they're able to do, and Russell was able to lead it and win the Walter Payton this year. I agree. Negativity hogs publicity. It's like that in everything, but the amount of good that happens in NFL cities far outweighs the negative kind of headline thing that pops up every once in a while. Ty, what do you have? Chris, we were talking earlier about the likelihood of a lot of uh, big guys going down to ring chase in Tampa, and I don't think that was really like an option, but uh, would you like to do something like that later in your career, and do you think we'll see a lot of marquee players uh, take big pay cuts and go down and play with Tom in Tampa? 
Well, they don't have a lot of room. I mean, you you have to have a specific skill. If you look at the guys who they acquired, mm. uh, they had some type of relationship with Tom Brady or someone else on the team. People say, well, Leonard Fournette, oh, when he got cut by Jacksonville, you know, Tom was like, okay. But Devin Smith and him were teammates at LSU. He was like, hey, fool, you better come on down here and get some of this. <laughs> Leonard Fournette happened to be one of those pieces, especially as a receiver in their screen game, which has not been his forte in college or early in his career. If you look at A.B., A.B. was desperate. A.B. didn't mind being a slot receiver. But under normal circumstances, you are not going to get an A.B., you know, with Evans and Godwin. Like, so a lot of things happen for them. At the end of the day, guys are selfish about their money. But if you can get a little nugget here or there, a little piece, a little safety, a backup offensive lineman. Those are the types of things because guys do want to win. And also, at some point, guys determine, I made enough money. Let me try to chase that trophy. <laughs> and it's likely that that trophy is going to end up at that guy's house if I play <laughs> with him for a couple years. So I think guys around the league, yes, will be looking at Tampa as a destination. But you got to have a specific skill um, in skill set. Congrats to A.Q. Shipley, by the way. Yeah. A.Q. Yeah. Shipley. I was looking forward to the questions from the crew because, man, sometimes, man, you're not as sharp and they bring you back to life. Listen, I'm the crew. You know how many green teas I chug a morning? You know how sharp I am? Listen, I might hit the water pipe every once in a while, but this green tea got me running through walls, pal. Don't you worry about that. Connor, what do you have? Yeah, Chris, because you were in the stadium, uh, when that streaker went 100 yards for six, was that one of the greatest feats of? Uh, athleticism you saw last night. And what was he wearing exactly? I'm not, listen, anytime some people trying to, to rock, he had like a bra zero on or something. <laughs> it felt like it, yeah. A halter top or, or, or some type of a baby. Like it was, yeah, a, it was yeah. a leotard promoting a porn website. Oh, he had a porn okay. website on yes. a leotard, by the way. We are getting inside from the crew, by the way. Yep. Keeping you sharp, Chris. You were at the game. You didn't even know. Okay? The crew got you. Don't worry. Hey, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But uh, there it is. I was talking to other Hall of Famers and everything. <laughs> <laughs> and this, I'm just going to tell you, man, I'm not in the body hair. Okay? By no stretch of the imagination. So I was talking as, to other As soon Hall as I called I of them, I had to grab for my, my bowl to throw up when I saw all the hair he <laughs> Who all, hey, have you, has there been anybody that you've met that was much cooler than you could have ever imagined, especially with that? Because you're up, I mean, that Hall of Fame group is, we were, we were with Peyton yesterday as he was going into the stadium for the Hall of Fame suites, I think, like that whole thing. But he was with Calvin Johnson. John, like, is there anybody you've met that, or, or like the new class maybe that comes in, you're like, okay, I hadn't met this dude before. Or do you pretty much know everybody at this point? Well, you don't know them as personal as you get to know them in the Hall of Fame because you spend more time with them. We're going to be together several times a year. And I just think that there's not that edginess that sometimes you have when you're greeting other people, especially men in the NFL. Um, great example. Johnny Randall and I were teammates for a long, long time in Minnesota. Him and I are closer now as Hall of Famers and working with the NFL and the NFL um, legends um, than we ever were in the same locker room. And as Johnny says it, you know, you feel like you're competing against everyone. And now that we're out of the game, we're just trying to help those that played the game. Him and I are amazing friends. Uh, we were talking on the phone last week and, and laughing and joking. Just um, I'm so impressed with what he's been able to do. So 
I think that when you reach a certain level, and I know we as Hall of Famers, we let them know that we're not going to have that attitude in the Hall. Um, and I think <laughs> guys, guys kind of – I mean – when you have teammates like Mean Joe Green, Jack Lambert, Ronnie Lott, what are you talking about? Like, how do you? Like, what kind of concessions do you think you need? Like, you're on the greatest football team ever. I text Rod Woodson and told him, welcome to the squad. Baddest football squad God could ever make. And, um, him and I exchanged uh, pleasantries that way. But it's totally different um, than what we see in, typically in the locker room. And all that testosterone. But. I really, I really like the fact that you guys take ownership of that, though. Like, hey, this is our team now. Like, because that is how it is. Kind of like the the presentation and the induction and everything. It's like, welcome to the team. You're, you're like, well, that's a very cool thing. That is probably not an easy thing to accomplish, especially like you're saying the amount of egos and everything like that. I would assume there's a lot of I potential. Say, I'm gonna shock you, and I'm not saying this because of you. In the last three years. Um, and I've been very active with the Hall of Fame. Morton Anderson is probably one of the most surprising, most interesting people that I've met. That's awesome. Because he trained like any other football player. Like he had dreams and ambition, even though he wasn't playing football. But he used to chart everything for practice, the wind, the direction, the yardage, which hash marks. Like he was almost like a computer. And the game-winning kick he had against us in MC Championship in 98 that sent them to the Super Bowl, he had a dream about that kick and visualized kicking a 39-yarder from the left hash. And he had it logged in his daily log. And um, just meeting some of these guys and seeing the extra. what like All of them have a secret sauce yeah. um, that, that was able to get them besides their pure athletic ability. But Morton Anderson... For you weirdo special team guys, um, you didn't have to fucking. Do I mean, that. man, I, I I I love him. I love I, him as my Hall of Fame brother. I didn't know him before yeah, he got in. Yeah, I mean, you told an incredible story there about the amount of work that Morton Anderson yeah. had to put in. You know what I mean? It's cool. And everything like that, just the dedication, and then right there at yeah. the fucking end. I don't know. Did you? Did everybody hear though? Right there at the end. You know how to do it. Just had to do it. You know, had to do it. Diggs, what do you have? Uh, Chris, speaking of Hall of Fame, Calvin Johnson goes in first ballot, joining uh, Jerry Rice and Randy Moss for the only first ballot uh, wide receivers in the last twenty-five years. What do you think about Calvin going in first ballot? I think as an elder statesman in the Hall of Fame, we're talking about the Hall of Fame, and we should only talk about it in a good light. Um, there's been a debate. Um, we didn't know what the qualifications were for a first ballot um, Hall of Famer, and I know the reason why you asked me was because I wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer. Asshole. But um, I'll just give you a little Bad sizzle. Guy. At no point was Calvin Johnson ever number two in receptions and number two in touchdowns. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. But I'm happy for him because he was on his way to shattering all kinds of records. And he should have been recognized for what he did. I think Terrell Davis getting in a number of years ago, it opened up people's mind that, yes, you can still be a first ballot Hall of Famer and and and, and have a shorter career um, than what we've seen with some of these other players at that same position. I think the last time you were on – I think the last time you were on, we talked to you about that because it was when Philip Rivers' conversation was happening. And I said, yeah. Philip Rivers was starting for 17 years in the NFL, okay? That is 
so long. There's only 32 jobs as the mm-hmm. quarterback in a quarterback-driven league for 17 years. He goes in the Hall of Fame. And you said, like, yeah, consistency or sustained greatness or something. And then yeah. you said if it's a short, you better be like Barry Sanders. You better, like yeah. you said, you're going to have to be – Calvin Johnson, Hill I think Stairs, one of those, you know. Calvin Johnson, they are the standard um, in a short career. They dominated They dominated football. They changed the rules of football. And the thing I can say about Calvin me. Johnson, and I played with Randy Moss, I saw coverages against Calvin Johnson that I had never seen. I mean, I saw them line up like a gunner on the goal line. With two guys, <laughs> and I'm like, both of them. That's respect. <laughs> both of them. <laughs> like, and by- Hey. Like, like, like that, that is respect. And Calvin Johnson, he did it. The great guy on and off the field, sensational numbers. Um, his ability to be big, fast, agile, fearless across the middle. Um, Calvin Johnson is a Hall of Famer and deserves the recognition. Maybe the Fords will give him back his money too, you know? Huh? <laughs> oh, man. That, that, that's the, I mean, what a waste of what the world could have seen. Like we've had one organization shorten two careers. Barry Sanders, why you quit? A man who didn't say nothing said, because I don't want to play no more. Calvin Johnson, not one blemish on his mark. I mean, he is the perfect anti-diva receiver. We had him and Larry Fitzgerald dominating NFL at the same time. Calvin said, I, I don't want to play. I don't want to sacrifice because I don't feel like my sacrifice is matched by the organization. Sell the team. Sell the team. We have a Lions fan in the building, Chris. He's right there. There isn't a lot of them, but sell the team. They're trying to fix it, all right? Chris, every time you come on, you're awesome, man. I hope we get to do this again. Enjoy Boca. Enjoy the offseason, and uh, appreciate you greatly. Take care, guys. I appreciate it. And the crew, I appreciate y'all elevating the play today because my man got a Super Bowl hangover. (laughs) Without you guys... Hey, man, he would be a shell of himself. I appreciate the crew. <laughs> Me too, guy. Hey. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Chris Carter, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the best press conference performance, though, in the history of sports is not by Roger Goodell. It's not by Rob Manfred. It's not by anybody who's ever stepped in front of a microphone with sports media in front of them. The best ever press conference was done by a man who's joining us currently, who's a Super Bowl champ, a Pro Bowler, an All-Pro, two-time rushing touchdown leader. He's on the All-Decade team, will be a Hall of Famer. Ladies and gentlemen, Beast Mode, Marshawn. Yeah! 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 What's going on, Beast Mode? <laughs> Hey, what's up with it, bro? Hey, what are you doing? Where are you? I hear you're calling the game somewhere. Man, that's what I heard, man. They didn't let me get in front of this mic and jump on the screen, you know what I mean, and talk my talk. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Where at? Where can we watch this or hear this? You should all oh, on Fox. Let's go! Hey, let's go! I'm a big fan of putting Marshawn Lynch in situations and watching. We saw you in Scotland. It was unbelievable. We saw you in front of Red Panda. What is your expectation for this Super Bowl, Marshawn, as a man who's been there, done that in this game? Uh, to be honest with you, man, I'm I'm, I'm looking for a high scoring uh, a high scoring game with these two uh, with these two quarterbacks going at it. How do you, whenever you think about Super Bowls, okay, you won one, obviously, and then there's a moment that is forever immortalized in one of the best (laughs) scenes of all time, throw a thing, 
whole building blow down in fire. Mm-hmm. I could cakewalk that thing in there. Then you go like back. I'm getting, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you go back to Seattle. What are your thoughts on the Super Bowl and how everything panned out there with that team? Because you guys were fucking unbelievable there for a while. Oh, man, you know what? To be honest, though, it, 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 you know, when it, when it first happened, man, you know, I, I'm, like, I'm, a, I'm a player of the game. So, you know, you win something, you lose something. And, I mean, you know, as it go on, you try to just get the, the damn, you know, we really let one go type shit. So then, you know, when I had the opportunity to go back up there and, you know, uh, possibly have a chance to, to get back, you know, I, shit, I was excited for it. You feel me? Especially coming off the couch and, you know what I mean, jumping right into the playoffs. Like, oh, yeah, we for sure could do this. <laughs> Marshawn, hey, how are you able to do that? I mean, most people can't do that. Like you said, coming from the couch and all of a sudden you're playing in the Super Bowl. Are you always, are you just always ready? Uh, you know what? I mean, yeah, I think it's more so just, you feel me, though, just always staying ready. And I mean, you know, it's always been, you know, at that point in time, it's always been some talk, like, you know, entertaining the idea. But then, you know, when it started getting really real, it's more so like, okay, you know, I've been, you know, doing my little workouts, my little calisthenics, doing my push-ups, my dips, my fake squats and shit. And then it was like, okay, this shit is really real. It's like, okay, let me go pick up some of that iron and, uh, you feel me, don't really, really get it, uh, get it going, though. What was it like? How many weeks did it take for you to bounce back? We saw that with Gronk this year. Gronk went back this season after a couple years off. He said he'd been training every day. In reality, he was changing his shirts the same day he was working. So he worked out one day. He sent them 15 videos. (laughs) And then you saw that earlier in the season, he was kind of struggling a little bit. How long did it take for you to kind of get back in there after? I think he was serving shots of tequila in the parking lot for the Raiders. Hey, so look, man, I'll tell you about that. That, right i don't think i really like you know what i mean really felt it until i got that first hit um in the uh in the first game that i played then it was like okay then everything started coming back but i mean oh you know it, to, to 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 get really uh acclimated to it you really got to be in it and them little practices where you, you know thudding up it ain't the same as you feel me that full body contact so I think it was right there was when my body really responded and was like, oh, yeah, this shit is for real, bro. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what was, it like, what was it like for you going from Buffalo to Seattle when you first got there? Seattle is like a – it's a pretty unique space with what Pete Carroll has going. There's not a whole lot of teams, I think, that are have that, like, upbeat, positive fun all the time. Like, was that a cool transition for you? I'm, you know what? It was, it, was a, it was a transition that I needed, you know, like, right at that time. I mean, you feel me? I was coming – you know, not only off, uh, you know, the, the the trade and moving from, you know, from the city, but, you know, I had some uh, complications that I was dealing with as well. So, you know, the change of scenery and, uh, you know, the change of environment as far as, you know, being in, uh, you know, that uh, that different locker room, you know, I, I would say it really helped my, uh, it really helped my career and it really helped my mindset as well. So, I mean, you know, it, it came right on time for me. It sounds like you're having a great time over there. We kind of <laughs> wish we were in your world. Hey, you have got to experience so many things, both as a businessman off the field and on the field. Is there a moment when I ask this question, it pops your mind, like, what's the craziest shit you've ever seen in your entire life? Because there was a time there where it felt like you were just getting dropped into insane situations and the world was, like, watching you yeah. do things. Man vs. Wild, you and that Bear Grylls oh. guy, <laughs> fucking electric. That was maybe the most electric shit I've ever seen. Is there anything that you think of whenever you think, like, what's the most ridiculous thing you've been a part of? 
uh, probably some of the most ridiculous shit I ever been a part of was, uh, you know, I, I, I had got the, uh, uh, the restaurant, which I'm in right now. And, uh, you know, when we first got it, I, you know, I would come in here and I would, you know, clean up and go outside in the front, sweep up, you know, make sure everything looked nice and shit. And uh, one morning I got up here and I noticed, you know, like, man, this is a funky ass smell. <laughs> and I look, you know what I mean, to the side of my front door and it's a big ass pile of shit. <laughs> and I'm talking about human shit. Yeah, and yeah. It's right on the side of the door. So I'm like, somebody then came in. <laughs> And pop the shit right in front of the door, like, oh, this, this shit is crazy. Like, I can't be in here serving food. Motherfucker come walk in and they smell straight ass cheeks when they come in there. Like, oh, I don't think that's the restaurant I need to eat in. So man, I get the water hose and I'm hosing it down, and you know, I see, uh, you know, we got a couple, uh, you know, uh, dolphins that that usually walk back up in front. Hey, man, did you do this? Like, oh no, so. You know, one of them owned up to it. So you don't do this no more. Look, you come by here, we get you a, you know, what I mean, we get you a broom and a, uh, you know, you help, you help us, we help you. You feel me? And you know, we put together a little, uh, I put a proposition together for him, and I ain't cleaning up shit no more. It's a win-win. It's a win for everybody on that one. Hey, one of your hey, former you know, teammates. Hey. Yeah, hey, everybody wins. You're helping the people, man. That's awesome. That's why people love you. But hey, one of them owned teammates. up to it. <laughs> just a line of questioning. The line of questioning. His the name was Willie. Willie, Willie owned up to. Matter of fact, he just he just left out. He's saying sweeping up. He's like, hey, what's up? Oh boy, I've been looking for you. You okay. yeah, we, we we buzz down together up in the front of the uh, restaurant to get it all cleaned up and everything. Hey, you're helping people. Hey, you're help Willie went from shitting outside to working inside. Let's go. Yeah. All right. Let's go, Willie. Let's go. Give it up for my boy, Willie, man. <laughs> Good for Will. Hey, Marshawn, why do you call Matt Flynn Antonio? He wanted me to ask you that. I know he was your teammate. He was my teammate. His name's Matt. I don't think Antonio was any part of his name, but you always called him Antonio. He actually loves it. Hey, man, he just looked like an Antonio to me. <laughs> Yeah, you know I mean, but oh, that's my guy, though, man. Shout out, <laughs> shout out, Antonio. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't even know where. So, you're are you on Fox Live coming up here in like 15 minutes? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I got them behind y'all right now, trying to see if they start doing like this. Hey, get your ass on. I'm just trying, you feel me? I'm trying to play the car, play both of my cars right, right now, man. Hey, you're a smart man. You're a very smart man. You're also, you're doing business right now in California with uh, sportbettingdime.com. And they put out a video, by the way, of you kicking field goals. You got a fucking howitzer, pal. You were bombing footballs on the internet. It was incredible to watch. Hey, man, they called me to make it happen, Captain, man. I do everything. Fly fish in the back, nigga. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, legend, obviously. Hello, 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 big dog, man. When they, when I got the call, they like, yeah, man, we want to get you with uh with Pat. I'm talking about oh, ASAP. Yeah, knock that in straight up. So, man, you know, whenever whenever you call, man, you feel me? I, you know what I mean? Get me on the other end of that uh of that jack, big dog, man. You know, you got you got a you got a fan over here, big dog. Man, I, I appreciate what you're doing, how you get down, family. Man, me too. I hope to follow up on that, and I appreciate the fucking hell out of you for that. That means a lot. Ladies and gentlemen, Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. Hell yeah! yeah. Let's go, yeah. Woo. Woo. Yeah. 
So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that if you're not gambling with FanDuel, you're wrong. Okay, FanDuel Sportsbook is available in uh, seven states, I believe, at this point. Uh, six, seven, eight. You get it. If you're not gambling with FanDuel Sportsbook, though, you're completely wrong. And if we're not in your state yet, we are coming to your state. We have better odds. We have a much easier to use app. The convenience is next level. The people at FanDuel actually refund people when they shouldn't refund people, giving back hundreds of millions. Millions of dollars to their users. FanDuel Sportsbook is the best sportsbook going for a lot of reasons. Most of them, what I just said. Uh, we are very thankful for our partnership with FanDuel, obviously. You know, uh, there was a little bit of a miscommunication last week between myself and FanDuel. We worked that out. That's kind of how things operate whenever you're in a business relationship with each other. But even if we weren't in a business relationship with FanDuel, it'd be hard to say that we wouldn't use the FanDuel Sportsbook app. There are so many different ways to win. There's more things to bet on. Their boosts seem to always hit, which is just fucking themselves over time and time again. Uh, we love the hell out of FanDuel Sportsbook, and you will too. If you haven't used it yet, use it now. Also, there's fantasy on there, daily fantasy, and free-to-play games where you can win money. Shout out to FanDuel. Shout out to you. Let's get back to the show. This man's name was mentioned a few times when I asked people to guess who they think the guests were going to be. And there's no shame in that uh, because this man is a four-time Super Bowl winner. Going to be a Hall of Famer whenever the hell he wants. A legend in two different cities for two different teams. A man who uh, taught me how to be a much better ball kicker and human. Ladies and gentlemen, Adam Vinatieri. Guys? Hey, so, uh, all right, I see you're sitting in your office there. Is that, uh, I saw a video last night of you promoting your cameo, by the way, which we will get to. The, vid the room you were in was maybe football heaven <laughs> at that point. Is that your office? Yeah, it's just it's down by the bar area in the basement. So if I spin around, you can you can get a good little a good little view. <laughs> but you know, it's uh, something my wife wanted to do. I told her I said you can you can uh, you can make me crazy in one area, but don't spread it all over the house. It makes it look egotistical shrine kind of thing so she did a nice job down here and it looks good so you can go down this is actually a good conversation you probably never wear your rings or celebrate many of the things that you've accomplished that have been unbelievable but i like the fact that on super bowl sunday maybe super bowl weekend you go down in that room and you go you know what the kid fucking did it <laughs> <laughs> i like that i like that a lot yeah you know i mean we just reminisce i see i got some pictures on the wall from some awesome games uh you know a couple of super bowl things and that kind of thing so it's it's awesome just to come down here and remember and reminisce about i mean it's been a long time since you and i played in one but uh it's not that far you know not that long ago the interesting thing about you whenever people think about kickers and vinatieri in general it's just like uh you're like the most clutch dude in the history of sports like the biggest moments you always came through in and it was now i'm not saying you haven't missed in or anything like that but it felt like in those massive moments super bowl afc championship games even game winners and divisional rounds and everything like that that don't even get talked about which if you don't hit you don't move on to the whole thing what is it about those moments Vinny? because i told the story that you become just like this you know, ice face steel character looks like you're trying to st stare daggers through your holder. But what is it? What is it about those moments that made you go, uh, I'm going to go the opposite way of many people here. I'm going to have success here. Yeah, Pat, you know, for me, I just try to stay in my little world. You know, I just 
try you try to block out all the other stuff and i guess you know you saying like i'm uh, ice man or stone cold whatever i guess what? that's just me kind of trying to block out all the other craziness and just really stay focused in on my little world i always you know i always tell everybody you know you 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 can only control what you can control and uh, let everybody else do their job around you and we all we all get paid to do it man so it's uh, been very fortunate to have a bunch of opportunities to stand in the middle of the field with with all eyes either hoping I make it or hoping I miss it and uh, more times than not they've gone through which is a good thing but uh, yeah I, as I'm looking at all these pictures man you're you're, you're gonna make me cry man yeah. <laughs> all over right now just looking at all these pictures and remembering these good days yeah so you played obviously just you're 48 years old now yeah I, I believe you played last year when you were 47 which by the way yeah. Jeez. Oh, awesome <laughs> absolutely awesome but you you listen to Tom Brady talk and he said he wants to play, well, I think he said past he was 45 now at this point or whatever. You played till you're 47, two very different positions, but still have to be able to keep it physically and mentally, the competitive edge and everything like that. Have you and Tom kept in touch much? And what do you think it is about you guys who play forever that make you still love the whole process and everything like that? Well, for sure, Tom's situation is much more difficult than being a kicker. Obviously, we have to keep our body healthy and in shape, but but what he does is a whole different level of, of us punters and kickers and, and whatever, you know. For, for me, it's it's a different situation. For, for, for Tom to continue to be at the level that he's at and, and still doing it as good as ever just blows me away. I mean, obviously, we all know about his avocado ice cream and all the crazy stuff that he does. Hey, do you but, do that? Do you do that? I knew you were into I, that pliability stuff a little bit. <laughs> you know what? Somebody send me some. I, I'll go ahead and try it. I can't imagine it's very great, but you know, <laughs> Tom looks better today than he did, obviously, when he entered the league, but he looks like he keeps getting younger. And and you know what? The, the, the greatest part for me, everybody asks, you know, hey, who do you want to win this game? I'm, I'm cheering for Tampa Bay for many reasons, for for Brady, for Bruce Arians, for AQ Shipley, you know, yeah. our team, all the above. Clyde. But, Half, halfway through the, the the season, everybody was writing Tom off, saying he should have he should have retired. He's washed up. He can't do it. And all he does is keeps going out there and showing everybody wrong. So I hope he can do it one more time. And hey, this is this is rated PG or rated R. Uh, shake his dick on everybody. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever he needs to do. I mean, he deserves it nine times. If he wins this one, you know, however many Super Bowls, it's ridiculous. I mean, he's it been is. in. You know, he's been in as many as uh, half as many as years as he's been in the league, and that is absolutely insane. Um, so, did you now? Are you going to play? Like, what are you? Are you still? You know, are you still kicking? Because your kid, by the way, hey, his kid bombs balls. Like, hey, there's going to be a Vinatieri in the league. Now, listen, he can't say it because that'd be. I mean, the kid already has immense pressure because he's had a Vinatieri's kid, but he seems to handle it very well. He bombs balls. Are you out there kicking to uh, alongside him ever? So he's doing really, really well. He's matured a lot in the last year, and he's actually gotten very focused and very serious about it. And that, as you know, as soon as you commit to it and you work your butt off, sky's the limit at that point. So it's fun for me to watch. I've been out there. I've kicked the balls with him a few times. Not not every time. Not every time. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm making a comeback or anything. Oh, one oh. another. All I'm saying, buddy. Is is it's taken me a year to get back, and now I feel pretty good. Ooh. But uh, but it is it, it's absolutely exciting taking him to these different camps and watching him do his thing, and and uh, it's been fun because there's 150 kids out there, and 
inevitably he finishes in the top one or two and I go, hell yeah, that's my boy, you know? So yeah. I'd still be proud of him if he was finishing dead last, but it's more fun when he's kicking ass, you know? What I mean? Yeah, I would assume those are much more joyful conversations. Sounds like you said you're potentially coming back, by the way. That is going to be a big takeaway from what you just said. I, I'm not saying it, I'm just telling you that's what people are potentially going to say that you said there. Well, I know this This last year I said, hey, I'm going to try to get healthy and see if I could come back. I, at no time during this year was I healthy enough to do that. I mean, I just, I just wasn't. You know, it took me a lot longer to get my knee right. And uh, But I've been, I've been getting back and working out and doing some running and feel pretty good, you know. And maybe that's just because the stress level's down and, and not banging balls all the time. But, uh, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say one way or another. I might just wait two more years and come back at 50, play half. <laughs> Could you imagine your 50-year-old ass walking out there, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, the 50-year-old Adam Vinatieri. It would be legendary. Not, not that what you haven't done already isn't, but you get it, whatever I'm saying. Connor? Adam, you've won two Super Bowls on the last kick with that right leg of yours. Uh, is every kick the same for you, or was there a moment during either the Panthers kick or the Rams kick where you're like, oh, shit, this is it? Um, You know... It's kind of funny because you, you, you think about as, as a kid growing up, that's the biggest moment that I could ever have imagined as, you know, hey, being out there kicking the game winner in a Super Bowl doesn't get any bigger than that. But the crazy part about it, I think when we played the Rams, we were such big underdogs. There wasn't, don't get me wrong, at the end of the game, there's plenty of pressure on, but, but it, was, it, it didn't have that same feel. I would say Carolina, and, and I missed a kick earlier in that game, and they were coming back kind of a different game I would say the nerves were maybe even a hair more there because that was expected you know the first one everybody was you know I hate to say it there's plenty of Pats fans that said man the curse of the whatever they they just assumed that we were going to lose and man he's got to miss his kick because we can't win a Super Bowl and and now you just flip the flip the coin and and they've been in it so many times now it's an expected thing you know but I guess for me you know, after after a few weeks before that in the in the snowball game in the Raiders, I guess nothing could rattle me too terribly much after going through that silly game. What a joke you made that kick. <laughs> what an absolute <laughs> joke. You know how those videos go, by the way. That's why the kickers have like the stereotype that they have, because in those moments, big slip, right? Big slip, ball goes into ass, some scrum happens, tears breaks collarbone, something like that. And instead, your dumbass just walked out there and made it. There's no way you're supposed to make that snow kick at all. And then the one from Buffalo a couple years ago, you're not supposed to make that kick at all. It's awesome to watch you do that type of shit. Well, I tell you what, I uh, those are two lucky, lucky kicks, obviously. I agree, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I tell you what, you know, that's one thing my son keeps talking about. You know, hey, Dad, I want to play college ball somewhere warm. And I go... I tell you what, playing playing up north and playing in crappy conditions and wind and rain and snow and lousy fields prepares you for all of these other things. Now, playing in South Dakota doesn't guarantee me making any of those kicks, but practicing every day outside in New England and, and Bill would never let us go inside. I mean, it could be torrential rain or, or four inches way. of snow on the <laughs> and we're out there practicing this muddy shit and you're just hey. going, this hey. is ridiculous, but... I think that there's certain things that if you can do that and handle it, you're just that much better off in the long run. That's Patriot Way, Vic. Hell yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Have you heard that conversation right now about <laughs> Patriot Way? Have you heard that entire conversation that's popping off right now? Have you heard it from outside or are you... You know, the Patriot Way right now is probably changing a little bit. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just trying to keep my, my nose to the ground. <laughs> 
<laughs> Very smart, by the way. He might be kicking for New England next year. What do you got, Diggs? Uh, Adam, we're trying to make some money tonight. Pat has told us his story about kicking off a Super Bowl and how bad the ball was. You obviously kicked off against Hester. It was not a touchback. Um, did you cook uh, off? 30-yard line, 30-yard line kickoff, by the way. Uh, Five yards deeper. Have a little respect for right it, man. Down. I got you, dude. I got you. I got what you. are the chances you think there's a, uh, a touchback off the opening kickoff? Well, I tell you what, I know Tony's mentioned that, and, and he was on your guys' show and he talked about it. But, you know, our, our special teams was doing so good in the postseason that, that we weren't, we weren't going to be afraid of Hester. You know, we knew how great he was on punt return, but he hadn't done as much kickoff return-wise. And we said, you know what, we're just going to kick it down there, and we're going to kick their asses is what we thought. And, uh, yeah, about 90-something yards later yeah, in yeah. the end zone, we decided to break our sword and, and never yeah. – and never uh, kick to him again the rest of the game. So I was either squib kicking, kicking in the corner. Anywhere that he wasn't is where we were kicking. We weren't going to let him ruin the game for us. And after that was done and over with, game went the way we expected. Yeah. Do, do you remember – by the way, I mean, that had to feel – I mean, the the mental toughness of the team to give up the opening kickoff for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. That, that, that could potentially bury you. That, that could, especially in that big stage of a moment. I mean, that's a big deal. But then, obviously, you guys did what you had to do there. Um, you tackled Herschel Walker, though. You know what I mean? Like, didn't you walk him? You actually mm-hmm. walked him. There's a legendary video of you walking him. Devin Hester, what, like, bad angle? What happened? How, how come? Uh, about 15 years and about 30 pounds later, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I do know. Hey, I do know exactly hey, 22, what you're 22 years old when the Herschel Walker thing happened. I think I was 35 or 6 or whatever the heck I was at the other one. So maybe not quite as fast. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I got my jersey nice and green and dirty, but uh, no can do. Oh, that's awesome. Do you? Do you remember the ball being rock hard, though, opening kickoff ball? Yeah, yeah they screw us every year. Or they, they always kind of – so the first ball that they go out there, the referee doesn't even dig into the bag of balls and tries to find the four that we have broken in. They just grab whatever they want to, and they don't really care about us. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was, it was lousy, and, and I, know, I know sometimes they do that throughout. How about when we were in, uh, when we were in London? Every single one of those balls. Oh! Walt, I hate that man still to this day, that referee Walt. You remember he called off sides on me because I was bitching at him so much on an extra point. I thought you were going to kill me. I, I read, it was uh, Me and Walt thank had that moment. Thank What's, God we made the next one. Yeah, thank God you did. I, I mean, it was, it was, I did nothing. By the way, never gets talked about your mental toughness. I don't know how many kickers are going on three or even four sometimes on set. I, I honestly have no idea how many teams and kickers would be able to handle that. I don't think I would have been able to, by the way, with what we were doing. The f- we used to go on like three hard counts, by the way. Jeez. Like it was fucking, it was awesome. There was no reason for us to be able to do it though. Normally the kicker would be like, hey, I, I stumble a little bit. <laughs> so we can't be doing that. I got to make the kick tie. What do you have? Adam, speaking of mental toughness, obviously you always have to be prepared. But uh, in any of those big games, is there a point in like the early in the game, second quarter, anything where you kind of just knew like, hey, this is this is probably going to come down to me? Every single game, I thought it was coming down to me, honestly. It, it seemed like that. You know, it's funny, though, when we when we had. You know, obviously, I'll, I'll go. I'll digress back to the Patriot way. The year we won our first Super Bowl, I had five game winners that season, including the the, the Super Bowl and the Snowball kick. The three other. So that year, I definitely earned my money. You know. We, we were, 
we go to, to Indy, and Peyton seemed to like to throw up 50 or 60 points every game. So it usually wasn't coming down to a field goal unless the other team could, could keep up as well. But I prepared myself thinking that a lot of time, well, uh, Pat, tell me, uh, we had a, we had an offensive coordinator that told us at one point, I just want to win by one point. <laughs> I've told the story like, before. I want to win by 30 and blow kisses to my family. <laughs> by one point. Shit, that means it comes down to me all the time. <laughs> hey, I, uh, I told that story. Actually, I've told that story a couple times. And I've said, I said, uh, we used to have this coach. I mean, you want a little, you, you went one step further there. I, <laughs> I, I tried to keep it as bland as possible. I said, we used to have this coach who would come sit next to us. And I don't know if that was like to calm himself down or whatever, but we, we always had a good conversation. Like, always had a good conversation. And then one time, he, I said, like, good luck out there, Larry, or whatever. And he said, uh, just trying to win by or have one more point than they have. And you, literally, Vinny goes, how about we try to win by 50? <laughs> or something like that. It was, it was a wild decision. Let's Let's not have our hearts just beating out of our chest the entire second half, pal. Free it out so they can catch up, right? <laughs> Vinny, Vinny, you know, I have to ask one more time here. You're going to kick next year in the NFL, huh? There's a chance. <laughs> Are you going to kick next year in the NFL? No, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm doing, I'm doing my thing here, you know what I mean? Uh, I'm doing, I <laughs> working on having babies and all that stuff? Working on trying to, man. You think I'm going to suck as a dad, by the way? Listen. Great. You're going to be the funnest dad on the planet. How many kids do you have? Three that I know of. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, good. Hey, you were a handsome son of a bitch back then. Hey, not that you aren't now or whatever. Uh, you enjoy life though at home, like you know, because you know a lot of football guys. Whenever they get done with football, you know they don't really know what to do. Have you enjoyed your time at home with the family and everything? So this year's been interesting, obviously, with the whole COVID thing. I mean, it it shoved everybody into close quarters with with a lot of people, and thank God I get along with my family pretty well, uh, all in all. I mean, there's some days that, uh, that everybody's kind of in each other's space and on each other, you know, you're kind of pulling your hair out and stuff. But honestly, I really enjoyed this year. I got a, I, I had the opportunity to help my son at his high school. I was help, you know, I was kind of the honorary special teams coach, if you will, and did a bunch of stuff with them, which kept me around football and kept me kind of engaged in all that. Um, got to travel around a lot this year and spend some time with my family that I haven't ever got to do in the fall before. So honestly, it, and then, and then I guess with all the COVID tests and all the crazy stuff going on uh, at the at, at all the NFL's facilities, maybe it was a blessing in disguise that I had this year off. Oh. I got to spend a lot of family and not get my nose swabbed every single day. And plus, you're older. I mean, you are in that. Oh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm at high risk now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Vinny, I, I got my, uh, two months. Of, no, I'm just kidding. I haven't yet. <laughs> hey, the uh, heads or tails here. What do you think? I know. Uh, you know heads. I know. I know. I know. I know why too. I do know why. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I do know why. I bet on tails. Thirty thousand, Adam. Did you really? Thirty thousand on tails. Well, you know, you got a you got a fifty fifty chance, buddy. <laughs> I don't like that you're not on my side, but immediately upon asking you, I knew your answer. Like as it was coming out, I was like, "Oh, we've had this conversation about a hundred times before." Right. All right. Well, I appreciate you, man. I can't wait for you to go in the Hall of Fame, whenever that's going to be. Maybe six years, seven years, eight years, whenever you decide to stop. Uh, you're the best, dude. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me on, and enjoy the game tonight, fellas. Hey, who do you got? Yeah, you got Bucks, huh? I got to go with Tampa Bay, man. I don't know if they're going to pull it off or not. I mean, it's smart money t- says you, you you take the spread, you, or you take you know Kansas City, but 
but I really want to see Bruce Arians. Uh, I want to see him win one. And I got some friends over there and I, you know, selfishly, I just, I just want to see them win. Hey, I got a lot of friends over there too. And, uh, I bet on the Chiefs. All right, Benny. <laughs> Adam <Yeah. Mitzary. laughs> Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to the show. Massive thanks to all the guests that took time to speak to us. If you like this show, please be a friend and tell a friend. Say, hey, Pat McVeigh 2.0, not a bad show. Not a bad show at all. Not a bad show. All right, speaking of not a bad show, I think we're going to have another one tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Be a friend, tell a friend. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a gorgeous... Overreaction Monday. We'll see you tomorrow.